With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. We've got a game seven tonight, folks. Easter Conference semifinals. Bucks in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. That and so much more. Ralph Fervin's at the news desk giving you the updates of what's happening at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. Bucky, I'm actually going to give you a little recap of my day at Torrey Pines yesterday at the U.S. Open. The, uh, the sport of golf has changed, okay, after the pandemic. I'll tell you why coming up a bit later on in the show. But we start out... I don't know if they're going to hang a banner at Staples for the Western Conference Finals participants that we know last night, but what a win by the L.A. Clippers in coming back from what? Down 25 points to the Utah Jazz and winning game six without Kawhi Leonard, 131 to 119. And we did this a week ago, Bucky. You and I got together. We're looking at this Clippers team, and you're just kind of – they, they drop the first two games in Utah. You're wondering how they're going to bounce back. Well, then they do it in, in, in great fashion in game three. And then you start believing. And then Kawhi gets hurt. Now you're saying, I don't know if they can do it again. But this Clippers team, for a, for a bracket that does not have the Lakers in it anymore, and Steph Curry was never in it, this Clippers team is seemingly becoming the story of the NBA playoffs, which no matter how, how great it could have gone, there is no way from the beginning of the NBA playoffs that I thought that was going to be the case, but they're now in the Western Conference Finals. You know, like I, I, I will say this about the Clippers. They went from being kind of the joke or the laughingstock, the team that just couldn't get right, to now you're beginning to see a team that has kind of grown up and matured right in front of our eyes. They're handling adversity. They're being able to push through. And you're beginning to wonder if the lessons that they've learned in the past two series are going to give them an opportunity to be a champion. Because the resiliency, the toughness that they've displayed um, is something that you certainly can build upon. And now when we look at this series that is upcoming 
Uh, I think they start against the Suns tomorrow. Um, yeah. This Clipper team has a chance. And I don't know if many of us thought that they would really be a team that could be the last one standing. But right now, they might. They might be yeah, this is, this, is, this is the amazing thing about it. And this has been my take on the Clippers throughout this postseason. And it was, it was developed on what had happened last season in the bubble. Up 3-1, blowing that series lead to the Denver Nuggets. The theory that, that I've had, and, I, and I'll refresh your memory, and for those that may not have heard, the Clippers are so used to being, and, and I don't want to use this negative. I don't want anybody who has stepchildren or is a stepchild to be thought of as, as, as negative, okay? I want to, mm-hmm. want to lay that one out there, okay? Mm-hmm. But the stepbrother to the Lakers in L.A., that's the example that you you use where everybody seems to love the Lakers and and here the, the Clippers are kind of that stepchild. And that chip on the shoulder is the chip on their shoulder for the franchise. And when you think that the Clippers are going to be one of the top teams in the NBA and make a run through the playoffs, they kind of end up starting to disappoint you. They dropped the first two games against Dallas. Now we're saying, man, they're going to blow that thing up in L.A. Kawhi Leonard's going to opt out of his contract. Steve Ballmer's not going to have any patience. What do you know? They go win the series. They do win it in seven games. And even within that series, when they even when they even it up at two apiece, you thought they had the edge, and then they dropped game five. They have to have that underdog role. And maybe that would be more apropos, that chip on their shoulder underdog role. And when Kawhi Leonard went out, on paper it looks like uh, they're, they're done. There's no way because – Paul George is going to be playoff P. They don't have enough to compete with Utah. They're just not a good enough team. That underdog role, again, allows them to rise to the occasion. And then I'm going to double down on it, Bucky, for last night's game. How many Clippers fans probably thought when they were down by 20-something in game six that, man, this is just a formality. Now we're going to lose this game and have to go to Salt Lake and lose game seven. So you have that thought process in your mind. And then Terrence Mann comes in 39 points. Patrick Beverly hits three threes. Like, what are we what are we talking about? All of these things within that game last night represented to me of who they really are. And when adversity hits, for some reason, they respond so much better than being in that position of being a favorite. And time and time again, they continue to show who they really are. I almost wonder if they want Chris Paul to play in the Western Conference Finals, because if he doesn't, then we're going to say, man, the Clippers have this huge advantage. Look, Chris Paul is out, and maybe the Clip- maybe the Clippers want to deal with Phoenix with the Chris Paul so that they can have that underdog label. But that is who they are, and it showed again last night. Yeah, no, they are definitely a team that plays their best when their backs are against the wall. And so for them to bounce back the way that they did in both series, first versus Dallas, then to have them dispatch Utah in the way, in the manner in which they did, you have to feel good about what's going on. I think you have to be excited about um, Paul George kind of settling in. Maybe we can give him the nickname Playoff P because he's finally beginning <laughs> to play well in the playoffs. That um, man stepping up in place of Kawhi Leonard, who was dealing with an injury. Um, they have a level of toughness mentally and physically that maybe we hadn't seen in previous yeah. years. Maybe that'll serve them well as they go forward. You know, and the Terrence Mann thing is, is so unique. And for those that maybe didn't follow the Clippers throughout the season, he was a valuable part of, of their team. Second half of the season, he played a big role. Never in my wildest dreams that I think he would go 15 or 21 from the floor and have 39 points. No one saw that coming, but, but he was a part of it. And he stepped up. And you mentioned Paul George. 
played 46 out of 48 minutes last night. And that's what we've been seeing. You know, and Kevin Durant had his great game against the Bucks, 48 minutes, uh, played the entire game, you know, 49 points, 15 rebounds, 10, you know, what the whatever the numbers were, they, they were in that, that ballpark. We were going crazy on what Kevin Durant did in not resting a second in that game. Paul George rested 120 seconds last night. And, yeah, to, to your point of, of that playoff P label, he certainly lived up to it. Now, I will say this. The Utah Jazz sure did a great job of uh, perfecting their label, label of not wanting to play defense because you let Terrence Mann go 15-21, that's, that's absurd. Like, you have to have some sort of respect to stop them. Okay, I'm done with the Jazz, but I, 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 I want to I say this about the Clippers as well because now we do have to look forward. The sense that I got after last night's game and this is what this is. There's a difference. When we thought of the playoffs, when the playoffs began, we thought that the Clippers were an NBA title contender, but they never had that 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 monkey off of their back of getting to the Western Conference Finals. I had a sense last night after that win that the NBA title belief is out the window because we don't know the severity of Kawhi's injury in that the Western Conference final was enough for them in this playoffs. Do you feel that without Kawhi and without his status going forward, even with, with, with the preseason or the pre-playoffs expectations of the Clippers, do you think just getting to this Western Conference final is enough for the Clippers? No, not at all. Because this is their window. They have to seize the window with all the things that could change. Free agency, guys who have to make decisions, Kawhi, PG, these things, they need to they need to make it happen right now. When you get this close, you can't say, hey, it's great. We got to the final. Next year, we'll get to the um, NBA finals. No, you, you can't be satisfied now that you're in the Western Conference finals. They have an opportunity to win it because when you look at the teams that potentially could come out of the East, man, this is the best opportunity the Clippers may get to really – Put a banner up in Staples. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you, and I think that we fall victim in college, college football the most because in college basketball guys go to the NBA if they're good, but college football you have a bunch of sophomores and maybe, maybe some some juniors on a, on a team that maybe makes a college football playoff, and you're like, man, with all these guys coming back next year, we're gonna have, you know all these juniors and seniors, that's going to be our year. That is the death trap in college football. I agree with you that that is the mindset, but I think realistically and I think subconsciously that the Clippers know it, and I think that the Clippers fans know it. Now, in just just the sense that this is this is as far as they can get. This is the accomplishment. It's kind of like the consolation prize. the 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 grand prize was winning an NBA title. Well, now you lose Kawhi Leonard. And you're like, well, you know what? We still haven't made a Western Conference final. So at least if we can do that, we can shed that label. We can shed that part of our skin. That's where I think the Clippers are. I, I don't know how they're going to fare in Phoenix. Maybe they will have that chip on their shoulder if Chris Paul uh, ends up playing in that series. But I just wonder if they maxed out against Utah. Because I just got the sense. And it wasn't anything that was 
tangible. I just got the feeling that we're celebrating a trip to the Western Conference final when when Kawhi was healthy, we expected this team to be in the NBA finals. That's what worries me. So as great as last night was, we kind of celebrated what they did. I get what you're saying, Bucky. I just think that realistically, when you look at the makeup of the team, Terrence Mann's not going to have 39 points again. It's not going to happen. Reggie Jackson's been really good in these playoffs, maybe borderline and great. I just don't see them doing it again without Kawhi. And I think the Western Conference Finals is, is a completely different story. And if they were to face Brooklyn or Milwaukee, in the in the NBA Finals, I think without Kawhi, then those teams would have the advantage over over the Clippers as well. That's why I think that's why I think that they were celebrating so much about the Western Conference Finals. They really kind of know that. All right, at least we accomplished that. If they don't get anything else, at least they've got that monkey off their back. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't. I can't agree with you completely about the Western Conference Finals and the celebration they had after the Jazz. I think the celebration probably took place with the exuberance level that they displayed because. They came back from 25 down. That's a big-time win. And for it to be in a clincher, uh, I think that's why they were so excited and elated about pulling it off. When I look at this team in comparison to the Suns, I mean, Chris Paul has to deal with COVID protocols. Yep, they may steal a game or two. That's definitely a winnable deal. Now, you're right about Brooklyn and Milwaukee. It would be tougher for them to win without Kawhi in those series. But against Phoenix? I mean, I give them a puncher's chance with or without Kawhi. He's Bucky Brooks. Get him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Of course, NFL vet. You can see him on the NFL Network, and you hear him right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new for Father's Day. At DSC, six-blade razor is perfect for an extra-close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash Jonas. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Jonas. Again, get Bucky on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. All right, Brooklyn's home home tonight but do they have the momentum and the advantage as the bucks come to town for a game seven we dive into that next year on fox sports saturday at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. It's 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Saturday, he's Bucky Brooks, I'm Dan Beyer. Get Bucky on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Again, Clippers advance to the Western Conference Finals where they will face the Suns tomorrow. And it should be noted that Chris Paul remains in COVID protocols. David Gascon will give us the latest of what's happening with that. And what's going on at the U.S. Open right now down at Torrey Pines CG, or yeah, uh, Ralph Irvin. Sorry, Ralph. Sorry about that. Uh, old habits die hard. Usually teaming up with uh, David Gaskin on the weekends. Uh, Ralph is in today. And by the way, there is a with the U.S. Open and a golf major. There's no one more that I would want at that news desk than Ralph Irvin, whose lifeblood is the game of golf, Bucky. It uh, it is through his veins. So so we are well covered today at Torrey Pines. CJ tweeted us saying. The, this isn't the past anymore. Steve Ballmer's net worth is about $93 billion with a new Inglewood Stadium coming in 2024. That's all true. That is all true. I think that, and I've said that I thought that the Clippers a few years back were the most interesting organization in, in the NBA because of what their past was and what their future could be once they moved on from uh, the, the Lob City era. Where were they going to go? And they've proved to be interesting. But the point is, is I just don't know, Bucky, how far this team can go without Kawhi Leonard. And that's why I just felt that last night. Uh, was just more of, hey, we'll just take getting to the Western Conference Finals. That's just kind of kind of the sense. Doesn't mean anything about 2022. Doesn't mean anything about 2024 or the future. But for what was at stake, I do think that your satisfaction level changed with Kawhi's injury. And last night was a big win. But I think that they were just sad. They're now they're satisfied with the Western Conference Final. You know what? Before I get your thoughts, Bucky, I want to welcome in our good buddy from Pro Basketball Talk. He's the lead NBA writer and managing editor. Kurt Sexual Healin joins us here on Fox Sports Saturday. You heard my, my little ramble there, Kurt, about the uh, the Clippers. I feel that their expectations now changed a little bit without Kawhi. I think that they were satisfied now getting to the Western Conference Final. How far do you think this team can go? I think that that would have been the case in a lot of other situations, but not this time, only because – after all that, off the high they're going to come in on, off of you know, the unstoppable force that is suddenly now Terrence Mann, they're going to come into this game and go, hey, no Chris Paul. Hey, we can, we can suddenly get one or two on the road, and then this series looks more reasonable to them. I, I think that they come into this thinking they can absolutely advance to the finals, where I agree. I, I think if this – even if they lost to Utah, they, but 
there would have been a certain level of, well, it is what it is. Kawhi was out. And that would be the same case if this were the Lakers. But I think they're going to look at this right now and think, we got, we can get through. And I don't think Ty Lu is the kind of guy who's going to take his foot off the gas. You know, and speaking of Ty Lue, I don't know if uh, many people have credited Ty Lue for, with being maybe a, a top five or a top ten coach. What do you think about the job that he's done with the Clippers? Because they certainly look like a much tougher and more resilient team under his leadership. Yeah, resilient was the word I was using in my story last night. It, it, the Clippers of years ago don't come back against Dallas, don't come back. I mean, this is a, a star-crossed franchise, but they come back against Dallas, they come back against Utah, they come back from 25 down. This is not – this is a team showing far more fight than – we just – did we ever say Clippers and resilient in the same sentence? Like it's just like they just don't go together. So I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. And what I like about him as a coach, and you've seen him do it back to Cleveland, is and if you find when he finds something that works, he's just going to beat you over the head with it till you stop it. If the small ball works, man, I'm going to do this. If I've got a matchup or if I've got a play that works, they do this during the season. They'll come down, they'll run something, get a clean bucket. They're going to run it the next time down and the next time down and the next time down until you stop it, and then, then they'll move on. He's really good about that, and that sometimes takes a couple of games for them to find their footing in the playoffs. But once he finds the matchups he thinks are best, he doesn't vary. Kurt Heelan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. Get Kurt on Twitter at Basketball Talk. By the way, the Clippers used to put the loss in Los Angeles. That has <laughs> changed. Let's write the obit on the Utah Jazz because we're probably done talking about them now until October. But you see a team that had the number one seed in the West. Uh, they seem to be fully healthy after Donovan Mitchell was a bit dinged up, but playing through a, a bit of an injury. But what what is our obit on the Utah Jazz? Same old Jazz progress this year. How do we look at Utah as their campaign is concluded? I, I think there's going to be some serious soul searching. I mean, on, on one level, look. Mike Conley wasn't there, and he was a steadying force, their second shot creator, and he, you know, he tried to give it a go last night, but he just wasn't the same guy. I mean, one for eight shooting and just wasn't moving all that well. Um, and, and Donovan Mitchell, I, I don't think enough can be said, 39 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. He was on one and a half legs. I mean, that leg was really bothering him. He was dragging it by the end of games. You could see how much it was aggravating him in the building, and he fought through it. He would not come out. Um, I think you're going to look back and say, well, if they're healthy, we've got a chance. But I think the other thing you're going to – this is a really good regular season team. They get you in – you know, they've got good defense. They move off the ball. They get you in the blender. They, they get you rotating. All that works great. And then you get into the playoffs. And, hey, we don't have great perimeter defenders, but we got Rudy Gobert to clean it up. That's great on a Tuesday night in Orlando. But you get into deep into the playoffs like this and – your guys are getting blown by on the perimeter, but I've got a big who can space the floor and suddenly Rudy can't be there or I'm kicking it out. And now Terrence Mann or, you know, suddenly Patrick Beverly could hit threes last night, you know, Marcus Morris, whoever it is, like they're getting open looks because Rudy's got to cover too much ground. They might have to rethink their system and think about finding some better perimeter defenders. I think there's some soul searching about this is a really good team. That's not far away, but can they win a really tough playoff series as constructed. You know, let's go to the other side. Um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, like this has been a knockdown drag out yeah. affair. And a lot of attention has been on Giannis. Giannis didn't take three point shots in the last game. 
and he appeared to be more effective. Is this game seven maybe the biggest game that Giannis will play for his legacy? Uh, So far, absolutely. I think that this is the one where if they fall short again, a lot falls on his shoulders. Um, Mike Budenholzer might want to polish up his resume if they lose this game. I mean, there's there's a lot riding on this. The Bucks, if they lose this game to a clearly shorthanded Nets team, and I, I look, they could lose this because Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, right? Like th- that 49 point game of the other night was not some fluke. Like th- this wasn't the Terrence Mann game where you're like, I don't, can he really replicate that? Yeah, it's Kevin Durant. He can absolutely replicate that a whole bunch of times. Um, I, they've got some. I think this is a huge test for them. If they don't make it to the conference finals and, frankly, beyond that, it's fair to question what needs to change there, whether it's coaching, whether it's some of the, you know, the, the way that roster is built out. But they, to me, this is a huge demarcation for them. It, uh, Kurt Heelan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. The Bucks basically only played six guys, and it was actually yeah. in, in their, in their game six did, win. Yeah. Yeah, but for the Bucks, the reason I just bring it up is because th- that was always their thing. Like where where we're like clamoring for Giannis to play more minutes and to stop playing uh, yeah. guys. Does it show progress for Budenholzer? Does it show the recognition of we just need to do whatever we need to do? But what does that tell you about a Bucks team when they they played their five starters and Pat Connaughton basically in in, in that yeah. in that game six victory. And they, that was the most switching game we've seen from them. The game six game, they switched on defense, which is what they didn't do for a while. You know, they were better about switching, and then they did some of the drop back and going back to what worked for them in the past. But he's been far more flexible this year. I think he has learned and grown as a coach. But, you know, there comes a point, you know, I think Portland was there with Terry Stuck. Sometimes you just get to a point where maybe we need a new voice. Maybe, you know, the this coach can only take us so far and if we're going to get into the promised land we need you know we need the next voice the next guy who tweaks a couple of things uh and changes it so i i as much as i think he grows and by the way if he's available <laughs> he's he can have a job if he wants it there will be multiple teams lined up to give him one of all these coaching vacancies um but i don't I don't know that he's going to survive in Milwaukee. They, they, they can't fire Giannis. They just gave him five years. <laughs> but, you know, they're kind yeah. of locked into this roster. If you can only get this far with this roster, Brooklyn's not going anywhere. And other, you know, Philly's not going anywhere. If you can't get past them now, I, I think that they're going to look to make changes. Mm-mm-mm. So fascinating. So when we think about the Philadelphia 76ers, Atlanta Hawks, um, a lot riding in this one, it seems like all the pressure – is on the Philadelphia 76ers, particularly yeah. Ben Simmons. What are your thoughts going into this game seven that they're about to play? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think, look, I don't think you can ask more of Joel Embiid on basically one leg, right? Like he's playing with that torn meniscus. He can give you, he's really great in a half and he fades in the second half, but I don't know that I'm going to lay that at his feet considering what he's playing through right now. Too much. Yeah, he tires and he's not moving as fast. And yeah, of course he is. Um, but. Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons have just not stepped up and made plays, and it's been it's been Seth Curry, right? It's it's been it's been the other guys making plays. They need more out of. To, to Ben's credit, he has done a very good job defending Trey Young most of the time, but the end of that last loss of theirs, Trey Young's just blowing by him. Him and Matisse Thybul are just getting blown by by him, blown by by Bogdanovich. That just can't happen. And Embiid can't clean this up the same way right now. He's 
just not as mobile. So I think you're right. This is this becomes a little bit of a referendum on Ben Simmons. And I'll tell you, in Philadelphia, the fans there are ready to move on. They're not even ready to move on. They've moved on. They're into the next. There's trade scenarios flying around the bars in Philadelphia right now. They they are ready to move on from Ben Simmons. I think management is kind of getting there and realizing. Your your defensive offensive substituting your second best player at the end of games, that's that's not a good look. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing for an organization that twice used first overall picks on their point guards of the future in Ben Simmons yes. and Markel Fultz and Shake Milton's your guy that's running the point. Yeah, I mean it's 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 absurd. Yeah. All right, I gotta yeah. I gotta. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kurt. If you wanted to add anything to to no, I to think that. that's great. And by the way, Marco Fultz just needed a new set. He actually when he when he's healthy, he actually played decently in Orlando this year. Sure. Yeah. It, it just uh, it shows a bit with the Sixers of where they are though and what and what yeah. they've done. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm gonna give you four names. We'll wrap up with this, and I just want you to pick one of the four of who in this postseason has improved their reputation the most, okay? Chris Paul, Paul George, Trey Young, or Kevin Durant, out of those four, because they've all had great stories and and, and parts, who's improved it the most of those four, do you think? I will say Trey Young. I think that, look, Chris Paul, this uh, reaching the conference finals absolutely helps, but I think in basketball circles, he was always going down as, the greatest floor general of a generation, one of the great point guards. I think people who knew the game realized how special he was. Uh, Trey Young was the guy we were like, man, it's just Trey Young. He's hitting deep threes, but he's, you know, he's not consistent from there. And can he really run a team? And he doesn't play defense. He has answered every critic. He has answered every question. Um, he's been phenomenal in this postseason, And I think he's the guy who has improved his stock the most among everybody. There he is. Kurt Heelan, of course, basketball talk. That's where you could find him on Twitter the managing editor and lead NBA writer at Pro Basketball Talk. I don't have any Newcastle questions for you because it's the off season, <laughs> but we'll pick it up in August. Yeah. How about that? I'm, I'm sorry, Mike Ashley still sucks. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know the, the, the this is the thing, Bucky. When I get Kurt on, I I decided to follow. European soccer and in the Premier League a few years back. And so I picked the team and it was Newcastle. Kurt's like the only guy that I know that follows Newcastle United. And so whenever <laughs> I have him on, I'll bring up Newcastle you know, questions. And the last time I talked, they, they were on the verge of relegation. Oh, yet God, now yeah. they surge to the middle of the pack at the, uh, the end of the season. So It's amazing when they got healthy how much better they looked, right? Like once you got, say, Maxima back and, and Wilson back, we, we looked passable. <laughs> oh, we appreciate the time. And, yeah, we can't wait to do that again in August. Thanks, Kurt. Enjoy the Game 7 tonight. Take care. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Saturday. One NFL team has already decided, already decided that they're not going to play their rookie quarterback. We'll tell you who that is after Ralph Irvin gives us the latest of what's going on at Torrey Pines. What's happening, Ralph? Well, Dan, we've got one at the leaderboard or atop the leaderboard. That's Russell Henley sitting at six under par through four holes. One shot ahead of Richard Bland, who is five under through four, although he is in the bunker on the fifth hole up by the green. Uh, two shots back, you'll find Matthew Wolf. 
and Louis Eustace, and they both completed five holes on the day. Rory McIlroy putting together a round. He's four under on the day, three under for the championship, and three shots off the pace through 13 holes. John Rahm also three shots back, three under through six holes. So they are enjoying a beautiful weather day at Torrey Pines. Now on the Major League Baseball scoreboard, final in from Chicago where Miami took care of the Cubs. 11-1 the final score there. Minnesota and Texas tied at two. They're in the fifth inning. Cleveland gets a home run from Rene Rivera in a 2-0 lead over Pittsburgh. They are in the fifth. And Boston has taken a 2-1 lead over Kansas City also in the fifth inning of that contest. Euro 2020 saw Spain and Poland draw at one. That after Germany took care of Portugal 4-2 and Hungary and France drew at one all as well. And yes, we're making our way towards Game 7 of the NBA's Eastern Conference semifinal. Brooklyn hosting Milwaukee. No Kyrie Irving for the Nets tonight. Tip-off at Barclays Center slated for 8.30 Eastern time. Don't have to wait that long, though, as we send it back right now. It's Dan Byer and Bucky Brooks. Thank you very much, Ralph. It is Fox Sports Saturday. He is Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer. Were you surprised when Matt Nagy said, no way Justin Fields is not going to start week one of the NFL season? I mean, yes. I was very surprised that he would go out on record this far in advance of the season to say, oh, nope, no way Andy Dalton is the guy. We don't even want to get into camp and see what this may look like when we start playing real ball. Nope, Andy Dalton is the guy. I don't think it makes any sense at all for him to stand and proclaim and tout Andy Dalton as the guy. I think what you do is you have uh, a quarterback competition, and it could be slanted in Andy Dalton's favor. But you have to at least present the, the the imagery that, hey, Justin Fields is going to have to come in and earn the job. And so by kind of declaring it as it is now, Andy Dalton is the one, Justin Fields is the two, you've eliminated that part of it, and you've prevented – Justin Fields from going out and quote unquote earning the job in front of his peers because if he earns it, he wrestles the job away from Andy Dalton based on his performance. Man, then his guys jump all in, and meaning his teammates jump all in when it comes to supporting him and letting him have everything that they can give him to give them a chance to win. I have a theory on why he did it. All right, and this is this is this is the theory. The one thing the Chicago Bears have never really had Jay Cutler, Jim McMahon included mm-hmm. Rex Grossman is the true franchise quarterback. You don't think Rex Grossman was a franchise quarterback? <laughs> he got him to a Super Bowl. I know he did. I know he did. But they are wanting the guy that's going to be there to lead them to greatness over a 10-year span. They've never had that. And the last thing that they want to do with their fan base and the last mm-hmm. thing that they want to do in Chicago is to put that possibility of hope and throw it away week one on national television against Aaron Donald and the Rams. I think that this decision is solely based on what happened with the schedule and who they play week one. If they would have played Cincinnati, who they play in week two, I don't know if we're saying maybe the Bengals is a bad example because Andy Dalton spent his time there. Maybe they'd want to. But if they opened up with the Lions or they opened up with the Raiders, who are some of the early games on the, in the season, Bucky, I don't think that he makes that decision. And even even when Matt Nagy then was asked, well, what about if Andy Dalton gets hurt? And he says, oh, yeah, then then it's Justin Fields. It's not even Nick Foles. So, so Fields has automatically just earned the backup spot. 
but Dalton's the starter. That didn't make a lot of sense to me until you thought like, all right, on Sunday night football, that's not, it's not even a, you know, Fox game of the week. This is Sunday night football, the only game in town. And the last thing they want to do is see Aaron Donald run over Justin Fields in his debut. That's my thinking behind it. I mean, I, I get that. But at some point, Dan, you, you, you can't bowl with the bumpers up all the time. Like at some point, you got to let him roll it down the lane. And so with Justin Fields, he's going to be the franchise quarterback. Man, give him the ball. Let him go. We have seen recently with the new CBA and the rookie deals, first-year player, like those quarterbacks that are drafted in the first round, they play, and they play pretty quickly. What you're doing is you're eating up valuable time on this precious five-year clock that you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Andy Dalton is not the long-term solution. So unless, in my mind, unless Justin Fields wets the bed and just looks completely out of his element, they need to play him. They need to play him so he can work through his mistakes, so he can be ready to be a big-time player, not necessarily this year, but maybe in the following year or the year after that. Got to get him on the field. Got to get him reps. Got to get him ready. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. I just think it was the schedule makers who made that decision. And think about that. I mentioned the Bengals just as a, as a team in passing because that's who they play week two, and obviously it's Andy Dalton's connection. What better thank you or hey, not you know, tip of the cap, nod to you to have him play you know, against his that, his old team and that's, have that. That's what that's what we're doing. We're romanticizing Andy Dalton on the farewell tour for the second game I, with the Bears. We go we go we going we're gonna say, Hey Andy, what we wanna do is we want you to be acknowledged by your old teams. They're gonna bring out a rocking chair in the middle of the field because you're gonna start your second game for the Bears. Nah. You like, ever you ever go shopping with your wife and she wants you to try a shirt on that you don't like and it fits and you're like, all right, I'll just I'll take it. That's that's fine. That's what that's you, what, that's I, what that, you're doing. That's what you're doing. That's, that's what, what you're this doing, is. Dan? That's yeah. That's that's what that I don't I don't even know if they're even if they're even comparable. I don't even know those two situations. I just think that if there's I I mean honestly, you know, Aaron Donald is 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 such a beast, and I just think that the so never so never scared of the boogeyman. No, we're not. I just, Dan, are you still at the house in, in the bathroom scared to look at the mirror and say Candyman three times? On. You don't want to say Candyman three times because you're scared that he's going he's gonna to come? We can't be afraid oh. of number 99. Listen, he's coached. I know he's – and listen, I understand coaching for your job, the best thing to do is to attach yourself to the young quarterback. I completely understand that. But there's still time for him. They're not going to – if if he gets crushed in week one against the Rams – well, I mean, by the way, like you pick, you look at the defense. I don't know the Rams that have a new defense coordinator this season, but when you look around the defenses in the NFL, there aren't they don't come you know much better than than what they have in LA, and that's just I just you get off to if if Justin Fields goes out there and goes you know nine of twenty eight and is sacked eight times and gets banged up because you can't stop Aaron Donald in that defense, then then where are you? I think I put it this way: this is what I think. A lot more can be lost than gained. Mm. That's the reason for it. Mm. And then the schedule makers, and it's not even, listen, the Bengals game isn't even in Cincinnati. It's a home game for Chicago, so it's not like it's, you know, Andy Dalton is is getting a standing ovation. It's just the, the fact of the matter is it worked out well for them, works out in that spot. And then if they wanted to make a change, they could at that time. But I just think that that, that week one matchup in primetime football, the last thing that they want to do, is uh, spoil any hopes of what could be in the future. Mm. 
All right. Mm. I mean, I feel like we're playing soft, but that's fine. We'll go soft route. We'll let Andy Dalton get some starts just because we want him to get the blue ribbon. You know? I asked I asked for a nightlight for Father's Day tomorrow. I Listen, I'm not saying they're scared. I'm just saying that more can be lost than gained uh, in a scenario like that. Get Bucky Brooks on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. It is Fox Sports Saturday. I, it's a theory, but I think once you sit back and you think a little bit more about it, Bucky, it's going to make a little bit more sense. It truly, truly is. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and listen live at FoxSportsRadio.com. Coming up next, the beautiful sights of Tory Pines have taken over the golf world What's changed in the world of golf? I'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Saturday. Fox Sports Saturday. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. Glad to have you with us at Fox Sports Radio. Third round of the U.S. Open going on right now. Russell Henley, two-shot lead over Louis Tazen, Matthew Wolf, also at four under par. I mean, the name's on the leaderboard. You may have heard Ralph at the bottom of the hour. But it's been a it's been a a star studded U.S. Open right under the top line. I mean, John Rahm and Rory McIlroy at three under, just three back. Bryson DeChambeau's four back. Brooks Kepka is five back. And I mean, there like there are names, but the one name that we don't see is Tiger Woods, obviously not playing. And Phil Mickelson, who made the cut, is is done for the day. Shot five over seventy six. He is at plus seven. I bring this up, Bucky, uh, to talk about the U.S. Open because I was at Torrey Pines yesterday. Yesterday. And I understand with what we've got tonight in the NBA with the game seven and the action that occurred last night in the NBA, it's kind of been the U.S. Open's been dwarfed by the NBA. Do you think that's think that's fair? You think that's a it's a decent characterization of, of what's going on in sports? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's been dwarfed. It has. It hasn't been as prominent as we would think. Now, some yeah. of that I wonder is because in the past there was always the tiger effect, right? Yeah. Whether Tiger was good or bad, if he was in the if he was in the action, we're gonna talk about it, right? So that puts more eyeballs on the sport. Right now, like Dan, it, like what's crazy is golf has probably never been at a better place when it comes to the amount of players, but what's lacking? Star quality. Who are the stars? Like who are the guys that I have to see? This weekend, I think it's lacking some of that pizzazz that brings the casuals in to watch. Yeah, it, yeah, know? and and so that's where that's where we're stuck at because I don't know who the hot thing to to bring everybody to the to the channel. I don't know if golf has that star right now. Yeah, and and that's that's the difficult thing with with Tiger Woods. Uh, so many people are like, well, who's the next Tiger Woods? Uh, uh, no one is. Like there there is how how do you, how do you get a next Tiger Woods who was mm-hmm. you know like trans was crossed so many lines and boundaries of of just of and it took us places that we never thought we could have you know we could have experienced and and that's where you know Tiger was just I mean it's Bucky it's not even like like once in a generation like it's it's you can't even you can't like if you get that in a generation you are. Uh, fortunate. I'm totally blanking on the words, uh, the the word right now to to describe it. But that's that's who Tiger Woods was. So that's that's not coming along. I do think that there are names. There are names that are gonna, you're going to be interested in, in and excited about. The thing 
that I, I've realized with this is compared to the NBA is we've also in years, Bucky, this would be the week of the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when the Cavs beat the Warriors in 2016, it was the game seven was the, the day of the, the on Father's Day, the final uh, day of the final round. Dustin Johnson ended up winning and nobody even remembered what happened at the U.S. Open the next day because of what LeBron and the Cavs were able to do against Golden State. And I th- actually think right now it's fallen a little victim to that because we've got the pushed back NBA schedule and now we're worried about three series, three really good series, two of which are going to game seven. And I think that with the the pandemic NBA schedule has also drawn some of our attention. It'd be great if Bryson and Brooks were at the top of the uh, leaderboard and fighting it out. But that's just it's it's not the case. I, I was down there yesterday and I'll tell you what I loved about it. And I, and I joked with this with Doug Gottlieb yesterday when I called in is. We love the new the new crowds that you would have at pandemic limited places. Unfortunately, with NBA arenas now filling, I never took advantage. But to only have ten thousand people on a golf course and not forty thousand, it was magnificent viewing. I feel like I missed out by not taking in more sporting events with limited with limited capacity because it's a joy to not have to bump into people and sit next to people. <laughs> it's a joy. It's a joy. Oh, it's great. Oh, How many nice. times do you go to a game and like pray that nobody is sitting in the seat next to you? And then they show up in the second inning and you're like, darn it. Oh, my man. Dan Byer is not a man of the people. Every I like time. People. I love you can't the tell me. I love Every the time. energy of folks. I need people the, around. Oh, but not sitting directly next to you. And you don't know if you have to move your drink because it's is it their cup holder or oh, is it not man. yours? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Sounds like, oh. you, sounds like you need to invest in a little club life. <laughs> get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. We're going to talk about club life and why the uh, Bucks may have the deck stacked against them next. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We are two and a half hours away from tip-off at Game 7. I'm not saying that the fix is in, but I have a feeling the fix might be in. I'll get to that. Get Bucky on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. You can find me, Dan Beyer, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new for Father's Day. A DSC six-blade razor is perfect for an extra-close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash Jonas. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Jonas. We left you a few minutes ago. Bucky was talking about uh, the clubs and me maybe not being a fan of people bumping India. I don't know who is. Like, if I went to the clubs, Bucky, I would want to be in the VIP all night long and just sitting on the couch that's against the wall and just <laughs> chilling and not have to worry about people bumping me and hitting my drink. Do you like the Do you like the congested atmosphere of the nightclub? Or would you also be in the VIP trying to just chill and get your own space i mean though i'm I'm way way too old to be in the club however if i did happen to venture out and i was in the club i i kind of like being with the people like i'm one i like i like the energy of the people you know so i like to be right there just like if we're talking about a game so for instance if we're going to the dodgers game i have sat in suites or whatever and i do enjoy Mm -hmm. that experience but i also like sitting in the outfield the bleachers with the people like there's an energy that is there that you can't get in the other spots. So there's something for me. I kind of like being in that mix. If I said this before, but if no one is sitting next to me after the first inning, I look at every single person that walks down the aisle, hoping, with bated breath, hoping, hoping that, that they just continue to walk down and that they're not new and about to sit next to me. That is, I there is. I, I maybe it's my own personality, maybe it's my own uh, inner anxieties, but to not have to sit next to someone and then have to deal with the elbow or the leg or who puts the drink where. Oh my goodness, those are all things that I just don't want to deal with in the empty seat next to you. In what was very popular during the pandemic days of sports. Uh, has me kicking myself that I did not take advantage of it. Yesterday at the U.S. Open, there were 10,000 people on the grounds. They don't have as many bleachers up this year as as they normally would, but it was still a comfortable, 
casual walk and ever felt like I didn't see anything. It was magnificent. Now, next year, they'll have 30,000, 40,000 when, when the uh, U.S. Open goes to uh, the country club at Brookline in Massachusetts. It'll be a different sort of feel. But yesterday at Torrey Pines, with only about 10,000 people there, it just was a much better feel. And I just... I, Man, I just, I, I maybe it's, I, I don't even think I'm claustrophobic with that stuff. I just like my space, and I think it just gives you a, you know, a better feel. I just, I, I mean, I, I mean, I understand that. Like, and I like certain parts of that. That's it. Like, I, I kind of like the, the, I told you, it's about the atmosphere and the energy. Yeah, Can you imagine, like, vibe. so, so if you're going to a playoff game, so say, for instance, baseball playoff game, we're in October, it's deep in it. Baseball energy is different in the postseason than in the regular season. You still want to be like away from everybody, or do you want to have that shared experience that we all crave yeah. in those moments? <laughs> you know what? I, instead of an arena full of eighteen thousand, I want seventeen thousand nine hundred. <laughs> I just have the one the open one, chair, the one right open chair beside you. Okay. You know what? And I go fifty-fifty with the guy that's in the seat over as well. Like he can. I don't need the. I don't need all of the space in the empty chair. He and I can split it. We can figure out. Do you want to put your jacket on the seat? Mm. Do you want to put your drink down there? That sort of thing. Like we can have this have the space but it's just the sitting next to is the uh is the is the problem there's just way too many way too many problems of you know dealing oh man have you ever seen anybody order a full pizza at a baseball mm. game and try to eat it with people on both sides of you that's hard i have that's hard yeah it's a little too much that's so hard. Then, then you flip the lid and you're hitting the person in front of you on yeah. the head with your box top. yeah that's 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 a challenge Oh, should be should be a full house tonight in Brooklyn. Nets taking on the Bucks mm. in Game Seven. I know. I'm excited it, about this one. I I felt and Bucky. Mm -hmm. I I thought I said it with you last week. I know I've said it at some point on the network. I've actually felt that this is the NBA Finals. The winner of the series is going to win the NBA title. That's that's how I felt. That when we look back, this is going to be the series. I think that this is the series. <sighs> I don't want to say that saved the NBA playoffs, but because the Clippers and Jazz were pretty good with their story, the Sixers and Hawks, are, it's so dysfunctional. I have no idea what's going on. So I don't know if it's good or bad for the NBA. I know a game seven would be good, but I think the quality of play and the conversations that we've got from Brooklyn and Milwaukee have, have really just kind of made this playoffs and it's going to come to an end tonight. But I just, in, in full disclosure, I am a Bucks fan, and I'm not trying to I be that, that guy. I thought that was it. I thought, yeah, I, I thought, I thought, I thought deep down inside we were going to get to I, it. Yeah. I, so, I'm, so I don't want to. So you're nervous. I don't want to be that guy that lays the groundwork for mm -hmm. possible or trying to mm -hmm. have that safety net in case there's a defeat. I just think mm -hmm. Brooklyn has so much going for it despite losing in game six. Mm-hmm. They've got the the best player in the league, and I think that the officials will know that. So I don't think that PJ Tucker is going to get away with as much. They've got the oh, he, he was getting away with some stuff. He, I mean, he can play a little bit more physical with him in Milwaukee. I mm. think than he can in Brooklyn. Mm. I think. I mean, you know, I don't know what they could. Well, they could have put Giannis on him in Brooklyn. That could have maybe have changed things. But I do think that PJ Tucker does get under his skin a little bit. I think that the momentum, the home crowd, and I'm not saying, listen, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be reckless in mm -hmm. going on the air and saying that, that the NBA is, is rigged. That's not what I'm saying. 
I'm just saying Milwaukee is probably going to have to overcome quite a bit in tonight's Game 7 because I think anything that is 50-50 in this scenario sides with Brooklyn. Mm. Mm. That's how I feel. Kevin Durant, I think, will get calls. I think James Harden's going to get And James Harden is... I seemingly now far removed from from the injury, even after his uh, offer that he had in game five and coming back in game six, didn't seem to have any setbacks. I think that that he's fine. There's going to be no Kyrie tonight. I just think that there's a lot to overcome. And, and Milwaukee's got their own things to, to overcome. Drew Holiday has not been great offensively, to say the least. Uh, I mentioned P.J. Tucker in, in guarding Kevin Durant. We saw what Durant did to him in Game 5. And then you just have the Giannis shooting factor, whether it be threes, which he has stopped taking, or from the free throw line. I think that all plays into tonight. I think Milwaukee has a lot to overcome. And you know what? If they call a 10-second violation on Giannis again tonight, then you're going to know something is wrong because there's no way you should be calling that stuff in Game 7. So here's here's my thing about this. I actually think the Milwaukee Bucks are well-positioned to win this. I I think it really comes down to can Giannis keep the game simple, right? I think the biggest thing, the biggest challenge for a lot of players is being able to shut out the outside noise, right? Um, Giannis is a two-time MVP, yet you have all these opinions on how he should be playing, right? Uh, Giannis needs a jump shot. Giannis has to be able to hit the mid-range. He needs to take the three. You have to be able to do all these things. What we saw from Giannis in game six and what I believe is why he was most effective, Giannis played to his strengths. Giannis put the ball on the floor, got downhill, and he was going to the rack. And when he does that, he is an unstoppable force. The aggression that he plays with will either lead him to make baskets or he's so aggressive going to the basket that others are able to get putbacks because the defense collapsed on him. When he tries to appease others, the, the noise, that's when he doesn't play as well. So if Giannis resist the temptation to take threes and says, I am going to the hole and I'm going to make them stop me doing what I do well, the Milwaukee Bucks have a great opportunity to pull this off. But if he's out there shooting these shots from deep water, it's problematic because that's not his game. Giannis probably had his best game from three-point range at game six. It's because he went zero for zero. Yeah. Like that, And you're exactly right. Like that's... Him going zero for zero from three-point range is the best three-point game that Giannis can have for Milwaukee because it says everything that you just said right there. He's a different player. It opens up things uh, for other guys, not only on the initial uh, scoring opportunity, but possibly on a follow-up if there's a, a missed shot. There's 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 a lot to that. And Chris Middleton had a magnificent game six. 38 points in that contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, was five of eight from three. He's a guy, actually, in the, when I saying to Kurt Heelan, a guy who changed maybe the narrative about him, I think that Chris Middleton has, because I don't think a lot of people appreciated who Chris Middleton is and what Chris Middleton does. But again, it's all going to fall on, on Giannis's shoulders if Milwaukee has to do anything. Six of ten from the free throw line. You're you're going to take that if if you're Milwaukee. You just don't want a five for fifteen sort of sort of night for him. But I just I I wonder how many times he will get to the line tonight. I'm wondering on what they will call and what they won't call. And it's it's for for as big of a game as this is for 
the Nets and for the Bucks. And I actually think it's franchise-wise, it may seem like it's a bigger deal for the Bucks, Bucky, because of their shortcomings over the, the last two seasons, falling in the Eastern Conference Finals and then falling in the Eastern Semis. It's a big game for Mike Budenholzer because, as Kurt Heelan said, if Milwaukee doesn't win this game, Budenholzer is probably done. And there's a lot of different factors, fair or unfair. The point is, is there are going to be a lot of people that want this job. And your pieces are locked in with not only Giannis, and you also signed Drew Holiday to that extension after acquiring him. So, yeah, so the players there aren't going to change. But you're going to get a head coach, and you're going to get your pick of the litter uh, for a head coach. All of that being said... I don't think that the Brooklyn Nets stay together for a long time. And I felt that way, and I've said it before here on Fox. This experiment of Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant is not a six-year thing. Like, you only you talk about winning it now. There is no way that these three guys end up playing together for more than four years, if that. So when you talk about how you want to make an impression and in, in, in doing what you can when you're there, the Bucks are going to stay together. Brooklyn's the team that at some point is probably going to fizzle apart because maybe Kevin Durant's going to want to go somewhere else. Kyrie may want to do his own thing. Maybe it just gets old for those three being together. But I think franchise-wise, it's actually more important for Brooklyn because I don't know how long that big three stays together for that team. I mean, it is a big deal. They do have a shorter shelf life just with um, the age of the team, the injuries, yeah. and all that other stuff. Like, it, it, it's not like they can kind of do this forever. No. Nope. Um, so the urgency certainly has to be there with Kyrie and KD and um, James Harden because we just don't know how long they're going to be able to keep it together. Um, that said, you know, we've seen stranger things happen when it comes to teams being able to kind of rework team. The, the, you know, the roster to be able to keep guys together and that stuff. So we'll see. But th- th- this is a huge game because both teams won't be the same after. The loser will not be the same. Milwaukee mm-hmm. could be absolutely blowing up new coach. Uh, they just, you know, kind of break up the team a little bit. Brooklyn, I don't think we will see it as drastic, but they will have some of the pieces around the big three that will change. Huge game. I can't wait, though. Can't wait to Coming see. up in a little over two hours, Game 7, Bucks and Nets in Brooklyn. Winner gets the winner of the Sixers-Hawks series that will have a Game 7 coming up tomorrow. Get Bucky Brooks on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Continues to be a crowded leaderboard at the U.S. Open. And is there a crowded quarterback room for one NFL team? We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. Adam Kaplan's going to join us in a little bit. I, uh, Bucky, it's a humbling day here at Fox Sports Radio for me. Oh, yeah? Humbling? Yeah, why? very humbling. Why, why well, so? because just to kind of peel the curtain back, during the break earlier, Lee DeLapp, our executive producer, said to me, you know, I went through my Rolodex, and I could find no one to go to the Dodger game with. Mm. And Lee never called me. So, like, I'm not even Lee's Rolodex. And, and, and yeah, and then and then I was notified because I usually do Fox Sports Sunday with George Reister. Then I found out that Adam Kaplan has his own special song only for his Saturday appearances <laughs> when you and Jonas get together. But on Sunday, there is no like new song or like Adam Kaplan's theme. Adam, did you know that you probably noticed you only get it on Saturdays, but you I don't do. get it on Sunday. Mm. I don't even know how maybe Bucky remembers. I, it's funny. I knew wh- what happened was I think they played that song. Fantastic Voyage at yeah. one time, and I happened to know it, you know, because mm-hmm. growing up in the 80s, I knew it. You know, if you're over <clears throat> a certain age, you probably remember <laughs> it. Uh, so. No, I did. I like I love funk. You know, I grew up with that, and uh, so I identified it. So, uh, you know, I have my theme song. It's kind of cool. You know, I, I'm not a pro wrestler, so I, I can't walk out with this. But, um, you know, it's funny. Dodger Stadium. I got to tell you, I was there, and gosh, 11 years ago. Uh, it was what an experience it was uh, to, to go to a Dodger game. I happened to be out there. I was working for FoxSports.com. And um, I was shooting an episode of The League on FX, and we oh, spent sure. the whole – it was cool. We, we shot the episode of uh, The League in the, during the morning and afternoon. We went to the Dodger game at night. What a time. And it's just so it's so interesting, folks, if you've never been there. Chavez Ravine is literally in a ravine. It's in the middle of nowhere, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, you pull up in the parking lot, and you drive to the top, and all of a sudden you're at the top of the stadium <laughs> yes. as well. It's 
It's so awesome. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, joining us here on Fox Sports Saturday. All right, let's talk some football. Bucky and I sure. dove into this a little bit, but how surprised were you that Matt Nagy said that no way Justin Fields starts week one? Well, I'm told that basically they told Andy Dalton, because Dalton had like three or four teams on his radar, we'll give you a chance to start here. We, you know, we're, we're going to give you the ball. We're, you're going to start here is basically what they told him. So he decided not to sign anywhere else. He got it, it's one year, ten million, uh, with some upside. And now I would tell you, Andy Dalton was not told that they would not draft a quarterback early. So he he knew that could be a possibility, uh, but he's willing to live with it. And I will tell you though, just to, to, just from dealing with these situations for now twenty one years, teams will say things. And, and, and Nagy said this on uh, on Chris Collinsworth um, on Collinsworth uh, podcast. Look, you can't you can't foresee everything. Like, let's say Dalton has a, not that Nagy's saying this, but I know the way these things go. Let's say that Fields, just like uh, Russell Wilson in 2012, the, the, the Seahawks told me there was like no way that Russell Wilson would be ready to play, and obviously he blew them away, so they changed their mind. Things happen in training camp which you cannot predict. What if Fields looks like he's ready and they go, we just can't hold him back? That happens. I mean, that, that happens, and that's why... I, I mean, I believe he means it, but things could change. And look, they they're, they're, they owe the most to their team. They have to do the, what's best for their team. But they did tell Dalton, I know for a fact, that he would be the starter of the season. You know, Adam, it's, it's, it's so unusual um, to not play a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. right away. I mean, you can take a couple games or whatever. Last year, we saw Tua Tungabailoa play a handful of games. And there's a lot of criticism about his game being very, very conservative. So then, first day at minicamp, he has a five-interception effort, and the Twitterverse goes crazy. In when the you, rain, by the way. I, I know. When, yeah. when, when you've talked to people down there, how confident are they in Tua eventually emerging as an I mean, a franchise quarterback or someone that they feel great about hitching their wagon to? Yeah, Bucky, they felt really good in that they put – if you recall, it was so surprising – that they put to in during the playoff race last year. They they wanted him to experience it, was what I was told. And they thought at times he handled it well. They just felt like not having an offseason was 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 hard hard for him. You know, he, he there was just certain things he was not ready for. And they think this year he's got way more volume of the playbook. And although of course they're changing coordinators now, he's got a he's got a new playbook here, so they had to learn. But they feel like getting a full offseason here is going to help him. Uh, they're pretty confident in him, but I, I could just tell you, if it doesn't go well this season, don't be surprised if they do something at quarterback in in, uh, in, in twenty twenty two, whether it's competition or the draft. Um, just uh, I, you know, what I do know is it's a guy that they like, but they want to see him actually do it, and that, that's what it's going to come down to. And boy, did they help him! They are they are legit one through six at wide receiver. They've got speed, they've got size, they've got versatility. They've they've really helped him, so no one could complain. No one could complain now that they've not helped him at the wide receiver position. Yeah, that was going to be my actually my question of what is going to be their identity since they've invested so much. I mean, obviously Jalen Waddle, you said Will Fuller. Uh, I always liked Devontae Parker. I know that the numbers uh, last season weren't there, but uh, is it is it an air it out team or 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 what are they going to do in Miami? Yeah, because Dan, if you look at their personnel, they don't have that power back. Well, they do have Malcolm Brown's a power back, but. He's more of a backup. Uh, yeah, I, to me, I would probably say that they, they'll go more spread. That's what I see. I, I see what we call 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three receivers. I think they'll do that because, I mean, you can't bring all these receivers in and justify it mm-hmm. by being a, a two tight end team, which is 12 personnel. So I would think more of a spread. And Tua works very well out of shotgun. He's a guy that's not really big. You know, he's not big physically. He needs to see the field. 
and I think this will help him. Uh, there, there are teams certainly to watch. They were, as you know, right on the edge of the playoffs last year. Uh, I would say them and the Chargers are the two teams that will certainly fight very hard uh, for a wild card spot in the AFC. You know, when we think about uh, teams in the AFC, it continues to be the conversation in New England about Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Um, we've heard the reports about Mac Jones really taking to the playbook and understanding everything. How do you think this quarterback competition plays out when they get into training camp, though? Yeah, that's actually definitely true. Uh, I'm told by um, someone who's close to New England that Mac Jones very early on had a fairly good grasp. And I, I had a team that interviewed Mac Jones. This is incredible. The, 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 I, I was talking to a quarterback's coach who, whose team interviewed Mac Jones. This coach said it was the best quarterback interview he's ever done pre-draft. And this includes some really great quarterbacks that you would know. So uh, the, the kid is really smart. But we have to understand who he is. There's a reason why he wasn't a top 10 pick. Doesn't, he's not going to wow you with arm threats. He, he's just a timing and rhythm type quarterback, not real big physically. Now the question is going forward here, when do they pull the trigger on, on Jones and uh, over Newton? Um, I, I just believe that Bill Belichick wants to see if he was right about Cam Newton. He had an opportunity to play Jarrett Stidham the final two games after they were eliminated from the playoffs. He did not do that. Cam should have been benched. He wasn't. Bill Belichick is, I want to call him stubborn, but this is guy's prideful. He wants to see if he was right on Cam Newton. That's, that's my opinion based on what I know. And I, I, I got to think he's at least going to get a half a season. And by the way, if you look at this roster, they've really upgraded on both sides of the football. There's no reason to think that they can't push Buffalo a little bit for this division. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Saturday. Get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Hear him as our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Also on the Inside the Birds podcast and on Sirius XM NFL Radio. I'm a man of my word. And a few weeks back, I said, listen, I'm asking fantasy football questions, which will also pertain to how teams end up playing sure. throughout the season. Sure. But I am curious about what's going on in Jacksonville because James Robinson had a great 2020 and there was a lot of momentum of, of the work that he could do with Urban. Urban Meyer is the head coach, but once Urban takes over, Carlos Hyde's brought in, and then they use a first-round pick on Travis Etienne. The Jacksonville backfield seems to be Trevor Lawrence. That's all we want to talk about. But what happens with their running back room now? Yeah, so Robinson will be the primary first and second down back. Now, what they have to see is what Etienne can do. Now, they've, they've, they're cross-training him as a receiver just to get him on the field, get him reps. And the mm-hmm. thing that's, that's key here is pass protection for him. Because all rookie backs, if you want to get on the field, you got to protect him. The thing that I remember talking to the Jaguars about this, about Robinson, and one of the reasons why they cut Leonard Fournette, Robinson was such a good pass protector. He's not the most explosive guy. He's more of a grinder, but he did everything so well that they, that they felt like he could come in and do well. And as a matter of fact, I'm told that they had third and fourth round grades of the grades that, they, that were turned in by their personnel staff. So although he wasn't drafted, they liked him enough uh, that they felt like that he had a pretty good grade. He's not going to give this, this job up without a fight here. I expect him to, for most of the season, be their early down back. But remember now, they, they, they spent a first-round pick on ETN, so he's going, to, he's going to play. And the other thing is this is going to be a heavy run team. They, they, uh, when you spend a first-round pick on ETN and you bring in a guy like Daryl Bevel to call the plays, Daryl Bevel is a run-based play caller, so that, that's what you're going to get here in Jacksonville. You know, when we move on, like, I'm, I'm still curious a little bit about the Philadelphia thing, and this is a little obscure. There's a lot of buzz and attention about Jamie Newman, the quarterback that the <laughs> Eagles had. They yeah. drafted. He was undrafted free agent, but prior to the season, he was supposed to be like a, a top pick, right? Um, 
What happened with that? Why did it go so so wrong so quickly for him in Philadelphia? Yeah, I would say Bucky, just based on what I've heard on on Newman, had he not he had a very bizarre situation happen. He decided to transfer um you know during the pandemic and then he opted out, which is just really that did not go over well with personnel people. But what I had heard is he would have been a fourth or fifth round pick just based on attributes. He had issues with his mechanics and accuracy. When you have that at quarterback, you, you, you know, you got issues. He did not look very good in their OTA program. And the fact that they're not even going to bring him to training camp, they cut him. He was not claimed off waivers and no one assigned him. That's a very bad sign for him. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, they wanted him to be that developmental quarterback probably on their practice squad. So, uh, you know, instead they signed Nick Mullins, the former 49ers quarterback, who will be their third quarterback heading into training camp. You mean no one saying hello, Newman? Is that what, no? <laughs> well, we said goodbye, Newman, to, to Jamie Newman. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate but, and unfortunate. Okay, you mentioned Nick Wellens. We'll, we'll wrap it up here with Adam yeah. Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Is he the lesson? I, you and I have had conversations. You know my thoughts on the value of backup quarterbacks. Yep. Oh, we had a big one it. last year. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah like the – I. The Niners could have gotten something for Nick Mullins at one point. Like, is that Trade is that going, last year? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. going to be like the template? Like, of and you know now he's, you know, the strike while the iron's hot. I always think with these teams, but I, does it change anything? Are, are well, we, you, you know what's interesting, Dan. You know it's really interesting. So I remember talking to someone very high up with the Eagles when they drafted Jalen Hurts last year. Their thought would be that he'd upgrade their backup quarterback room because they, with, since Nick Foles has left, they've kind of struggle to figure out who their backup is behind Wentz. We know how the Wentz thing ended. Let's let's just let's just let's just assume for the moment that they weren't gonna they were not gonna have a unraveling of of Carson Wentz. They wanted Hertz to be his backup for three years. Remember Carson Wentz has been hurt a lot in his career. And they wanted they wanted to they were thinking about flipping him, you know, for a pick. Um if if everything worked out with Wentz, and of course they thought that it would, they just extended his contract two years ago. Mm-hmm. They wanted a high end upgrade uh for Hertz. Now this is certainly different. They never expected Hertz to be their starter, but they really thought saw the value, Dan, as you were talking about the backup quarterback, because there's no better example of Nick of Nick Foles' two game run. And people forget it wasn't like he played great for six games. He had one of the most amazing two game runs in playoff history. And they learned better than ever, you better have a great backup quarterback, or at least a very good one, because that that position, more often than not, these guys don't finish the season healthy. I just I I, I just don't understand the value of like if, if somebody wants him, then take him. Like if he's not gonna contribute, I know it's nice to have the insurance. It's just anyway, we could go on and on. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider, get him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Uh, you're gonna do it tomorrow with Bucky and George Reister, because I'm taking Father's Day off since it's there my first. So uh I don't know, maybe Iowa Sam will have a have a new song that we could play for you every Sunday. <laughs> we need one for Sunday. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Right. I don't want to make these guys work too hard, but uh, we'll <laughs> no, figure man. it out. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, guys. See you. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer. Just kidding, Iowa Sam. Uh, we love you. Let's go to the news desk. Ralph Irvin's going to give us an update of what's going on at the U.S. Open. Third round play. Hitting the uh, second nine at Torrey Pines for the leaders. Yeah, the leaders about to make the turn uh, right now through eight holes. They're on the ninth green. Russell Henley is your leader at five under par. He'll be trying to stave that par here on the eighth or on the ninth hole. He's one shot ahead of Richard Bland, who's at minus four. Now, two shots back 
Find a logjam of players. Bryson DeChambeau now at three under through 13. John Rahm three under through 10. Matthew Wolf three under through nine, as is Louis Oosthuizen three under through nine holes. So they are piling up there, but the big mover in that group, Bryson DeChambeau, three under for the day. On the Major League Baseball scoreboard, Pittsburgh with a three-run home run from Michael Perez. They take a 3-2 lead over Cleveland. That's now in the seventh inning. The Giants and Phillies have gone back and forth. Ronald Torres, a home run, part of a two-run Philadelphia eighth make that fifth inning and they have an 8-6 lead over the Giants again that now is in the sixth and Washington gets a home run from Kyle Schwarber they lead the Mets 1-0 in the third game two of their double dip of course coming up tonight we're counting it down yes just five hours from now it'll be game seven of the NBA's Eastern Conference semifinals Brooklyn hosting the Milwaukee Bucks there's that clock Kyrie Irving will not be playing for the Nets tonight due to his ankle sprain again tip-off of Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals will be at 8.30 Eastern time. But that said, we sent it right back now. It is Dan Byer and Bucky Brooks. You know what it felt like when I found out that Adam Kaplan had a Saturday song and not a Sunday song, Bucky? It's like <laughs> when you go over to a friend's house who had PlayStation or Sega, and then you go over to another friend's house that didn't have it. And you're like, wow, that other house is so much better because they have video games. <laughs> Now, and I, I mean that's that that's literally how it feels. I I don't know Iowa Sam. Is there any any rhyme or reason yeah. why this is the okay? Yes, there is, of yeah. course. So the whole song, uh, "Fantastic Voyage" by Lakeside, that came up on Knox and and Brooks. So I don't know if it would have made a ton of sense to also have it be his walk up song sure. intro music mm. for Sunday as well. So sort of an inside joke, inside tale yeah. for uh, Saturday's uh, Adam Kaplan appearance. So, so what you're saying yeah. though is that we're not creative enough on Sundays to come <laughs> up with any sort of song with Adam Kaplan. No, is that it, the case? It turned into a conversation that day with Adam and he talked about his love of uh, Lakeside and funk music. So it just turned into a thing. Yeah, we're not trying to leave you out. Uh, we love Adam <laughs> Kaplan on Sundays as well. Also informative. Uh, we absolutely do. We just have to figure out a song. So now for the next three uh, weeks. I'm down. I'm just going to reference music every Sunday with Adam Kaplan and see okay. if we can if we can uh, right. find a song for him. Uh, Calvin Johnson has a theme song. It's uh, Justin Timberlake's Crimea River. Mm. Uh, Calvin Johnson, yeah, telling Woodward Sports Woodward Sports that the Lions wouldn't release him or let him go to another team. Now this is a soon to be Hall of Famer. A topic that I'm sure Hall of Fame week will be discussed on if Calvin Johnson really was first ballot worthy when it came to being a Hall of Famer. You sound, you, you sound like you don't think Calvin Johnson was Hall of Fame worthy. I first ballot. I don't think he was first ballot worthy of being a Hall of Famer. Wow. I don't. Wow. Hey, listen, if you're going to do what you did to I T.O. Mean, I mean, but the T.O. thing is special circumstance. <laughs> I know. I mean, but. Kevin Johnson I, I, almost had two thousand yards in a season. <laughs> I know, but there's there's when you look at at the work that you put in, mm-hmm. and that's this is the thing is it's nothing against Calvin Johnson. It's it sounds more about like the it, process. It sounds like it's against more Calvin about Johnson. the process and how they put athletes in. Mm-hmm. That is that was the issue, and it's not even Bucky. It's not even like Tio. I think is one argument. But down the hall in a in a in a in a in a room that's like right next door, just a different room, is the Chris Carter, the Tim Brown group, the Andre mm-hmm. Reed group. 
that had to wait so long to get into the Hall of Fame. There was this log jam of wide receivers, and those guys had to wait, and we're saying, man, it takes a while. Marvin Harrison wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. And you could, you know, point to, well, he played with Peyton Manning. I mean, like, there were some darn good wide receivers over the last 20, 25 years. And while Calvin Johnson's talent was, was, I mean, you know, Megatron, freakishly, the accomplishments on the field to me were not so overwhelming uh, compared to the other candidates that he should mm. have been a first ballot. Okay, so I'm sitting here looking at his notable accomplishments, and I'm sitting here at seven 1,000-yard seasons, two mm-hmm. uh, receiving yards titles, he also led the league in pass receptions, 2012. Um, single season record, 1,964 yards in 2012. Led the league in scoring one year. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying it was short, but sweet. Yes, it, short. I'll tell you, longevity is another part of it. Honestly, if it was up to me, there would be one first ballot wide receiver in the Hall of Fame. That's Jerry Rice, and that would be it. Mm. I, you know, I mean, he is, you know, to me, but Moss got in. And so then Moss ends up being a first time ballot. Hall yeah, of I, I agree with you. If Moss goes in on the first ballot, then T.O. should have went in on the first ballot. Because yes. to me, I see their careers as almost I mean, their careers are identical in terms of when you look at the numbers and all the other stuff that goes along with it. I feel like they should be viewed in the same light for whatever reason. T.O. didn't get the benefit of the doubt when it came with that stuff, but he should have been a first ballot guy. If we're making the comparison to what Randy Moss was able to do. Yeah. Regardless and- those guys are in. And I think, look, it's a nuanced argument based on the fact that the hall of fame has kind of set these rules where only six or seven guys go in. Um, we have kind of given this special uh, ranking or, accolades to first ballots versus guys that get in on second and third ballots. And so it's interesting. I mean, it's just an interesting thing to kind of watch play out. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Bayer. I want to continue this conversation because we're talking about Calvin Johnson and Hall of Fame, but he also, again, mm-hmm. said that the Lions wouldn't release him or let him go to another team. Yeah. And it sounds like he has some sour grapes maybe yes. towards a former teammate of his. Oh. Yes. We'll dive into that. Mm-hmm. Get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. Who? Does Calvin Johnson maybe have sour grapes about? We'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Saturday. Fox Sports Saturday. I'm Dan Byer. He's Bucky Brooks here on Fox Sports Radio. Programming note, Bucky. I don't know if you know about this. Normally, at this time, you hear the Iowa Minute. Mm-hmm. Well, those that listen, I've never heard it. But because Sam did not pick out an Adam Kaplan song for my Sunday show, I'm now pushing Iowa Minute back, 45-minute penalty, 7.30 Eastern time is when the Iowa Minute takes place. Wow, he's in the penalty box. I've been yeah, punished. It's, it's what you pen- do. You're in the penalty box. Listen, in the penalty box. I, it, 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 I have to set an example. I can't let something like this slide. Otherwise, then other people think that you can get away with everything. So Iowa Minute coming up, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. My understanding, it's been on hiatus. Is, is that correct? 
I mean, it's, it's been a little bit. Yep. Yeah, it's been a little bit since since we've I heard was Iowa. Gone last uh, weekend. So, uh, and then the week before that, we are uh, taking a little break. Yeah, he was practicing. He's he's look. It was a lot of pressure on him, and so he was feeling a bit like Giannis at the free throw line. Exactly. Oh, and so, <laughs> and so he wanted to take a little time. He wanted to reset. And so now I expect this to be the best version of Sam that we've seen. Oh, we'll I see. Sam, this is the best one. We'll see. Should be the best one. All right. Well, well, it's a lot of pressure. Speaking of failing to live up to expectations, it's a perfect transition to the Detroit Lions. As we were talking about, Calvin Johnson is was not a happy camper on his days of leaving Detroit. And apparently, as he's about to go into the Hall of Fame in a month and a half, Still remains an unhappy camper mm-hmm. with the Lions telling Woodward Sports, again, if you didn't hear this, we asked if they would release him or let him go to another team when Calvin Johnson uh, wanted out of Detroit. They wouldn't let him. He went on to say, you know what? It stunk that they didn't let me go, but they let Matthew go. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Mm. Is there any way that you can mm-hmm. compare – Matthew Stafford getting the trade request that he wanted with the Lions not letting go of Calvin Johnson and his rights. Uh, similar. Both were franchise players. You know, I think um, we're talking about Calvin Johnson, a Hall of Famer. We will see if Matthew Stafford gets gold jacket status right now. I would say probably not. But um, they're both at one point. I mean, they were fran- they were the franchise player. And so – he feels like he should have been given the same treatment that Matthew Stafford was given when he asked for his release or to be moved on when the team was clearly in the middle of a rebuild. And so Calvin Johnson feels like he deserves the same. Really, though, this goes beyond the trade request. It goes to the point of Calvin Johnson had to repay a portion of his signing bonus because he retired. The way the CBA rules are, when you retire before the end of your deal, you have to pay back a prorated portion of the signing bonus that was attached to the deal. So he is upset that the Lions, because some teams, like for instance, the Indianapolis Colts, when Andrew Luck retired, they just kind of wiped that away. Hey, don't worry about it. It's a part and gift mm-hmm. for you. We don't need you to pay it back. The Lions didn't do that. The Lions asked for their money. And so if you're Calvin Johnson and you're a Hall of Famer and you think about all the things that you were able to do for the franchise, you kind of feel like that was a little petty. And so the pettiness now goes on both sides. He doesn't really want to be associated with the Lions, despite the Lions showing a willingness to bury the hatchet. And what he has said is, hey, you pay me my money back, then we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what it's you know, about. I, I've, I feel like I've, I've come around a bit on this. I, I've had opinions change, but I, I don't know if I necessarily, you know, love the the – Calvin Johnson scenario, but I don't love when a team can actually make themselves better for it. Like that's, that's the whole deal with green Bay and the Aaron Rodgers situation. And mm-hmm. I may be coming from it from a different spot, but I don't think that what Rodgers is doing is the right thing. I, I think that, that he should, you know, be at the mandatory mini camp and obviously we'll find out the training camp, you know, if he's going to put, his money where his mouth is. The point being is I don't I wouldn't blame Green Bay if they were looking at options to try to better them or to make sure that they came away with something in that situation. 
Maybe that's what Detroit should have done, like looking back on it. Like I, I wasn't a fan of Calvin Johnson, you know, ripping on the lines, this and that. But now I'm kind of like, you know what, Lions, if you knew the situation and you could have bettered it for yourself, even if it meant, uh, you know, succumbing to the wishes that Calvin Johnson wanted out, make it better for your team. Because in the end, Calvin Johnson, even when he retired, still could have at least provided something maybe of, of draft pick compensation or something along that way. Maybe they could have done it. Instead, they would just rather stick to their guns. And I, I just, I'm, I'm no longer a fan of that. I'm just like team, do what you need to do to get the situation resolved. Oh man. So you just willing to let, let the players just have what they want, huh? That's what you're going to do. I I uh, I just uh-huh. trying to make the best out of a, what is a bad situation. Detroit mm. got nothing out of it. Okay, they got nothing. Just like Green Bay could get nothing if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return. They could. That's that's the whole point of it. Mm. Could have gotten something. Could have gotten something to try to you know cut your losses. That's where I think that Detroit could have could have bettered themselves. I mean, I mean maybe, but I think I, I can't wait for your little guy to grow up and want to have some candy at the store and he's going to have a tantrum. And you're like, you know what? Hey, candy for you because I don't want to deal with the tantrum in the middle of aisle seven. So get what you want. Have what you want, little guy. Oh, he's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer. Bucky knows me so well. Tom Brady playing and when he's 50? Not out of the question. That At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER
One person does not believe that Tom Brady can play into his 50s. One person does. We'll tell you who that is coming up. It is Fox Sports Saturday. Today's show brought to you by Navian. Enjoy spa-like comfort and save big on your water bill with a Navian tankless water heater. Go tankless with Navian. You can save hundreds on a new Navian tankless water heater with local rebates. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com. We'll dive into Tom Brady and his future in Tampa. But I do want to ask you this. Do you read, Bucky, into the Aaron Rodgers renewing his golf membership at a country club in Green Bay as a good sign for the Green Bay Packers and their fans? Yes, absolutely. Why else would you renew the uh, country club membership, which typically comes at a nice little pricey rate if you're not going to be in Green Bay? But a nice little rate that Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't really i mean do we know that people. do we do we know that he, he he's not getting the discount i just i well i no i'm just saying is this is the country club fees to the green bay country club i don't mm-hmm. think would be as damaging to aaron Rodgers financial portfolio as maybe it would be for you know somebody else that may live in the area i think that aaron Rodgers could probably handle it and doesn't make a dent into mm. what you know, he has so he's just acquired keep, in wealth. He's just keeping it around. I just think it was an automatic bill situation. Oh, like where you read, just you know, automatic. Where, he didn't know he he has yes. so many things. It just kind of hit his. It just kind of hit his debit card. He's like, oh, but I it's, didn't even know. It's funny. On the other side of the glass, we have two huge Green Bay Packer fans in Iowa, Sam, and Executive Director Lee DeLapp. And I do want to bring them in Mm. for the fact of uh, Lee, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, What did you think when you saw that Aaron Rodgers had renewed his golf membership? I was very optimistic. I think there's uh, many ways you could take it, but I was, uh, I think I had mentioned this to you. I think it would have been a bigger story if it got out that he did not renew that membership. I think this is really... Not much into the look of, or he could be uh, preparing for that tournament next week if he's in town taking care of some stuff. <laughs> oh, that 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 could be. Uh, I think that's a good observation, Lee. That yeah, if he didn't renew it, it's a bigger story. Sam, when you heard about the uh, membership, were you uh, put at ease, or did that change your trepidation mm. at all? My reaction was this. So you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> chance. Yeah. Do we really believe? Do we really believe that there's something that, that Aaron Rodgers will not be in Green Bay? Is that a real thing? <laughs> is that I a real thing is. that we don't think he's 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 not going to play th- for the Packers this year? Rodgers! I I think him not playing and retiring is closer um, than people think, and it's why I actually think that Green so, Bay should trade him. Okay, but. so you think he's going to hang him up? For good, like he's going to retire and never play again. Like that's would what not put it past him. Would not put it past him. Well, I'm gonna have to try it. We're gonna have to see if he's going to retire. That's what. That's what. I'm, if I'm the Packers, we got to. We have to see if he'll take this to term. Will he take it to term and say, you know what, I'm really not going to play. Great. So that money go back to the cap. We'll be able to go and get some more players. He won't play. And he won't play for another team. And then we'll see because time is actually on the Packers side because Aaron Rodgers is what 37. 38? 37. Like, it's going to be 38 yeah. in December. So, so if he sits out a year, I mean, you think he's going to get better as he gets older? No. And don't bring up Tom Brady because Tom Brady's the only anomaly that we've seen. <laughs> he's the only outlier. Like, because then you bring up Tom Brady, I'm going to bring up Ben Roethlisberger and how Ben Roethlisberger can't throw it past 15 yards. 
You know, so so at some point, father time catches up with everybody and the clock is ticking on Aaron Rodgers. So at some point he has if he's going to retire, then that's cool. But he won't get those days and years back when he sits on the side. Uh, The score in in Wisconsin, I believe in Appleton, was the one that broke the story that uh, Brett Favre has renewed his. That's right. His membership. That's right. All of this stuff is he's going to show up. He's going to show up at training camp. Like, what? I don't understand what all this was. I never asked to be. Well, like, it's, it's, it's all the game. What is what is, what is is unique about it is in the comments, and you can read a lot of different comments that are there, someone posted the picture of his scores that, mm-hmm. that he has. And he hasn't posted a score in Green Bay since August of last year. Mm-hmm. Now that tells me one of two things. If you really, like, we are getting deep into the Aaron Rodgers thing. Number one, I was telling the guys earlier of just the golf season in mm-hmm. the state of Wisconsin. Usually after Halloween, you're not playing golf. Like courses, especially the in the in the central, the northern part of the state, kind of cut it off at Halloween. There may be some in the. It's just maintenance wise, you're just getting ready, and, and the weather, it's not worth it. Halloween's a good good cutoff spot for it. But Aaron Rodgers probably isn't going to be playing golf, be, you know, from Labor Day until Halloween. You're in the season then, right? I mean, mm. that's and if and if you had a bye week, you would probably get away, go to Malibu or wherever where you're living. So you wouldn't be playing rounds there. The only time that you would play is in August. So for news to lend to the fact of yeah, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. His last rounds that he played were in August. So maybe during training camp, if he did show up, that could be a positive. So there's some there are some connecting of the dots there where you're saying to yourself, okay, he'll be there at training camp. Um, that 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 could be that could be a way to maybe try to draw some conclusions since the last time he played there was in August of 2020, which tells me that he didn't play during the season. Once they got it going, just probably played during an off day or or. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know. I would think he would have some time to maybe knock him out on Tuesday. You know, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, whatever the off day is. Sure, maybe he doesn't yeah. love it. But after October first, it's not. You know, I mean, it's maybe like you know, fifty degrees at times. And do you really I mean, want to go out there? I mean, are you really passionate about the sport or not? <laughs> I mean, if maybe you love was, it, you find a way to get it done. He right? was focusing on the MVP season. That's that's what he was doing. That's what Aaron Rodgers was doing. I think the bigger thing would be let's see what those scorecards look like the season prior. When he didn't have his best year, when he opened up the door for the Packers to have to make a run at Jordan Love, was maybe maybe he was playing too much golf, and he had to make a a behavioral correction to give himself a chance. You know, that's uh, we yeah we will have to we will have to track Aaron (laughs) check down Aaron Rodgers handicap. I I am I we will do that. We will try to find out when he was posting scores. At the uh, uh, at the Green Bay Country Club, let's uh, let's. Oh, okay. Look, here we go. Here we. Go. I have I have brought it up. Mm. This is when he has posted score. Oh, geez, it's only got his. Well, it's got his last twenty rounds, and they only date back to um, his handicap. By the way, because it's through the Green Bay Country Club, you could tell when he played and where he played. Mm-hmm. So he played one round in July in twenty twenty. And then played four rounds in August of 2020. Other than that, all of the other scores that he posted were not at that country club. Unfortunately, it only goes mm. to January 2020, oh, um, okay. where 
where he played. That was actually a really good observation, though, for to your point of yeah. where if, if he wouldn't have, if he didn't have the 20 scores, we could have at least looked back yeah. past January. Seen if, yeah, but, seen, if, seen if he was doing all that playing. Yeah. Less play, <laughs> you know, fewer rounds, better play. So maybe, maybe he made a, a correction <laughs> that helped him win an MVP. Now, now there's now I'm going down the rabbit hole, and I and I, I want to. I'm going to do this during the commercial break. But there is a there there are some numbers here that I'm curious on. I'm more interested now in Aaron Rodgers' golf, you know, game than anything else. Uh, Buccaneers GM Jason Light said, you know, wouldn't put it past him if Tom Brady, you know, would play until he's 50 years old. Tom mm-hmm. Brady was asked by the USA Today and Jerry Epstein about playing until he's 50 years old. The quarterback said, 50, that's a long time. Even for me, that's a long time. I've always said 45 was the age that I wanted to reach, and that was my goal. This year I'll be 44, so next year I'll be 45. I got a two-year contract. I'm going to be able to obviously play this year, and God forbid anything happens, but play next year and then see what happens that. If I still want to keep playing, I might be able to do that, and if that's enough, then that would be enough, end quote. That sure sounds like to me that Tom Brady has two years left of football in his career, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you're not really supposed to play till you're 45. So the fact if he gets to 45, that's an amazing accomplishment there in itself. To think about playing until you're 50, man, that that is crazy. If he does it though, hats off to him. I don't know how he would do it, but hats it, off. I mean, it, Tom Brady was 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 good last year. Was. And when he needed to be great, he was great in the postseason. Throw to Scotty Miller in Green Bay. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl and their win over the, the Chiefs. But if like the how how I look at it is this: is if they don't if they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, and Brady signs his two year deal with the Buccaneers, this probably would have been this season probably would have been it, right? They don't win it last year. Like, we're not giving him the leeway. Like, Jason Light isn't saying all of the right things, like, right now. Like, oh, he could play these 50 if they don't win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, you're giving – I mean, now you can pour it on thick because they won the whole deal. You can say whatever. I mean, he played it whenever he wants to go. If he's 60, he can play because he won the Super Bowl. Like, that was the big deal. Franchise only had one in their history prior to Tom Brady. Tom Brady shows up, bang, they win it. So yeah, Tom Brady's the man of the day. He can do whatever he wants to do. To I just to I, the world. I the way that Brady phrased it here, and I, I to me it just makes it seem like he wants to hit forty five. I think he actually knows how well he's he's playing and how effective he is. I I, I think that he knows and that we all know. And for as 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 great as it was, we know that that if you really look at who the Buccaneers were. Brady made some great throws and made some great plays, but that team was what built on what the shoulders of that defense, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that like that's that's what it was. I don't think Tom Brady knows that. Tom Brady's not gonna not gonna maybe come right out and say it, but I think that Tom Brady knows that, and that's why I think you hear him say, "Hey, I got my two year extension. That's like part of the deal. I brought you a Super Bowl. You're gonna let me play till as long as I want to play." 
kind of deal, deal. All right, let's do it. They got the Super Bowl. Now the Bucks need to hold up to their bargain, and that's why Jason Light's saying he can play at least 50. But I think that Brady kind of is like, all right, I've probably got two left in me, and then we'll ride it out, and that's fine. I think it's two and done for Tom Brady. Two and done. Yeah. You don't, mm, I don't, do, you, do you see any way that he could? That's, by the way, is a, uh, coming up in, in about 30 <laughs> minutes or so. Brooks and done. This, it, it just, it, it makes sense. The Buccaneers are, are complying to his wishes because of the deal that they made. You come in here, win a championship, and it's all gravy. Like, they're all, it's all gravy for the Buccaneers for the next two years. You know, same thing with Bruce Arians. Same thing with Jason Light. Like, everything is, everything is so great for them. They can just say whatever and do whatever they want because they've got that Super Bowl in the bank. It worked out for them. Like, the plan worked out. And now it's just, all right, whatever you guys want to do is whatever. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with that completely. I am with that completely. Like, this is a deal where he's wanted. Now that they want it, there's no pressure on them now. What is the pressure that they face in Tampa Bay? Oh, we go back to back. Oh, we didn't get it. Doesn't matter. We got the first one. You sure. know? So now it's the, this is when the fun happens for them. They just line it up. Um, Tom Brady's comfortable because the pressure's off. Now it's just about pursuing greatness, trying to do something that puts them in rare air. Because they go back to back, that puts them in kind of like the greatest of all time category in terms of like this team under Tom Brady. That's what they're chasing, but there's still no pressure that comes along with that. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. We'll ask a former NFL quarterback if Tom Brady could play until he's 50, and maybe we'll dive into the world of country clubs and quarterbacks, and our guest also has a new gig. You'll want to join us for that next year on Fox Sports Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Saturday, your Iowa Minute fill comes up at the bottom of the hour. Also at the bottom of the hour, Ralph Irvin gives us the latest from Torrey Pines and what's happening at the U.S. Open. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. It is Fox Sports Saturday. Let's welcome into the program. He's an 11-year veteran, analyst for Pro Football Focus, and now we can call him Coach. All right, when are we going to get a little Granada Hills charter against St. Francis de Sales? Maybe meeting halfway, like like in Denver, Colorado. Bruce Gradkowski joins the program here on Fox Sports Radio. Bruce, congratulations on the gig. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks, I appreciate it. You know, they uh, they reached out to me last week, and uh, I mean, look, I I miss the locker room. I miss being around. I miss helping. All the studying I've been doing the last few years, you know, uh, not only football with PFF, but leadership-wise. So I'm like, man, I think now's the time to implement it. Hey, see if it works. Who knows? I, even though I played 11 years in the league, that doesn't mean I'm going to win football games. So I'm a little nervous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Bruce, I'm going to say congratulations. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I love when former players are able to give back and put their feet in the grass. I will tell you, having coached for 11 years on a high school level, there is nothing like if you can't play, coaching is the next best thing. So Friday Night Lights are going to be very yeah. similar to the way it was for you Sunday. And just know you have my number. Always reach out. I am more than willing to give you tips and advice on the things that oh. I learned doing it because it's going to be it's going to be a great ride for you. Oh, man, I, I appreciate it, Bucky. I mean, you're right. And honestly, like so last week, this past week, I got the job Tuesday and you know, they, they haven't had a coach the last month. And, you know, it's middle of June. I mean, football season <laughs> yes. started, right? Yes. You know, so so I'm like I'm like thinking to myself, okay, the the, the most important thing right now is I got to be around the guys. Yeah. Like, they need a consistent face. And so from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I kind of switched our schedule around. I implement our strength and conditioning program. I mean, you should have saw some of the stuff. So I was kind of – it, it was just – it was, Bucky. You're right. It was so rewarding in a sense just to be around. And then we started throwing the pill around. My guy can sling it. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting kind of amp over here thinking about this offense. And I just actually got done meeting with, with an offense coordinator buddy of mine that he actually played uh, offensive line for me at Toledo, David Perkins. And I'm like, we're talking about the offense and what we're going to implement. And I'm sitting here. You know, a few times he's like, "All right, man. Now, now remember, you know, this isn't uh, John Gruden's offense. Like, this is high school, the high school kids. Yeah. You know, so, but it has. It's been a cool week in that sense of just, you know, helping and being around and 
So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm fortunate, like, for PFF, you know, Chris Collinsworth, Neil Hornsby, those guys, you know, being open to, um, you know, give me some time. Yeah, man, if you get your job job done and, and grading all these games, and you know, absolutely. And uh, NFL radio, of course, uh, you know, out for also being on board. So it's been a cool week, though. Well, if you need any ideas to uh, maybe supplant a turnover chain, uh, we've presented a bunch of them for Bucky's team that he has not yet implemented. But if you want to use any of our ideas, I know you usually talk with Jonas and Bucky, but you've got me today. Uh, we've brainstormed. We have a bunch of ideas that maybe if you want to implement for your team. Turnover bike. We had the, the saxophone sack. So if somebody gets a, a sack, they play the saxophone oh on the sideline. They're all there for you because one Bucky. Bucky Brooks will not take our suggestions. Absolutely not, Bruce. You, you know better. You've coached for too many. You've coached. Look, you've had better coaches tell you keep it simple, pride and poise, all of those other things. Don't fall prey for what Dan is over here selling. <laughs> you'll, you'll see my guys playing the saxophone on the sideline. You can just shake your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bruce Gregkowski joining us here. All right, let's talk some football uh, NFL-wise. Bucky and I were actually just talking about Tom Brady. I said recent comments that he made sure made it sound like he's going to call it quits uh, after 45 years. After seeing what you saw last year and the run that they went on, how long do you think that uh, Brady will continue to play or how long does he have in him? Uh, man, you know, that's such a tough question because at one point, you know, at the end of his career in New England, we're thinking, hey, you know, man, you know, this could, could be the end. And then you just kind of see the life back in them in Tampa. And I'll tell you what, there's something about being in warm weather, you know, that vitamin D, to, D it makes your body feel better. But I give, you know, Brady a lot of credit for what, how he takes care of his body. There's something about eating right. There's something about the way you uh, train and get the amount of rest. And, and honestly, and take care of your body. And, and Brady is proving that now. And, and to be honest, last year I remember – Early on in the season, even throughout the season, not only his arm strength, but I watched him come out from under center and those kind of things. I mean, he still looked explosive coming out from under center in the play-action pass. I mean, so those are the things where I'm like, wow, I, I, he still looks good. And, you know, you talk about arm strength-wise, it's still there. And I think that's the biggest thing playing the quarterback position is how long can your arm last because – for me, you know, I played 11 years, but the last few years of my career, my right shoulder was shot. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm at high school practice right now, and these kids are probably looking at me like, yeah, okay, dude, you didn't play 11 years in the league quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it does, man. It, it matters how, how long your right shoulder can last. That's why, you know, people question Big Ben with the surgery on his elbow. And, you know, he came back last year, did a, a phenomenal, phenomenal job as far as being healthy, getting healthy, staying healthy, and now how much better can he be this year? Because you just worry when you get up in age, you deal with injuries, you have surgeries, it's hard to come back from. And that's why just watching Tom Brady and, and what he has done over his career, it's just really been remarkable that he's been available for his team. I mean, and, and it's just, I mean, it, it's fun to watch, guys. It's unbelievable to witness. And I hope he, I hope he plays till he, he's 50 because that would be – uh, an amazing accomplishment. You know, Bruce, I want to go on the other end of the spectrum because this came out, and I would love to get your perspective on it as a former quarterback. Tua Tungvaluwa this week had a five-interception performance in practice. 
after that, he said, look, we want to push the envelope. We want to be very, very aggressive so I can see what I can and what I can't do. It's very similar to some advice that I got from a defensive coordinator when I was playing way back in the day. I want to know from your perspective, have you ever been given the leeway in practice to, hey, Bruce, let it hang out during this part of the year so now we can tailor it back and figure out exactly what you can do? Is that an unusual process for a quarterback? I, I think it's refreshing, to be honest. I mean, I I never really had that opportunity. Now, I've been around different coaches that, you know, didn't mind if you were more aggressive than not. Um, and you could tell by just through conversations and things of that sort. But in the same sense, Buck, you know, I'm always fighting for my job, so I'm kind of like, you know, man, I don't I don't want to be, you know, too aggressive and throw three, four picks <laughs> in a practice. Yeah. You know, and, because then, honestly, some coaches don't, don't think you just kind of, either lost it or you're just making boneheaded decisions and so it was it was always hard for me to to make those conscious choices and I was kind of like man I, I just want to play smart but I'll tell you what it is refreshing and, and look at it to a last year I mean I think it was like seven big time throws he had for us at PFF compared to 13 turn of worthy plays so in that sense to me he does have to be more aggressive with the ball he can't turn the football over as much and that's why you saw them going back to Fitzpatrick when the game came down to the wire because Fitz knew how to kind of push the ball downfield. We had Chan Gailey on uh, NFL radio this past week, and it was cool talking to him because he said he figured out Fitz early, in, early on in their relationship that I had to just let the guy go. I had to understand he was going to be a little over-aggressive over at times, but if I let him go, he's a very smart guy. He understands and knows what to do. So I think it's cool what they're doing for Tua um, because now, this time of year, it is the time to push the envelope and see what you can do, what you can get in there, how your arm strength is and everything in that sort. So I, I, I actually like that from a coach's perspective to um, be open with their quarterback because, like I said, that would make me feel a lot more comfortable to know my coach wanted me to be aggressive. He's Bruce Gradkowski, 11-year NFL vet, analyst for Pro Football Focus, and now we could call him a head coach. Find him on Twitter, at bgradkowski5. Bruce, congratulations. Uh, can't wait to hear the combos you and Bucky have throughout this about games and whatnot, and I'll still hold out well, hope for, uh, you know, for maybe a, a matchup between your two schools. Just meet in Omaha or something. You know? <laughs> can't you do that? Well, well, I, I was going to tell Bucky, you know, we're in private school in Toledo, Ohio. Great area to live. Great education. <laughs> you're going to learn. You're going to learn great football and quarterback play. And depending, man, I'll give you all the audibles and leeway you want, and we'll we'll throw for five thousand yards in a year. So if you got any, Bucky, give me a shout. <laughs> I love it, Bruce. Man, it's going to be great to watch you go through this process. Man, it's one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah, thanks, brother. No, I appreciate it. I'll be hitting you up. For sure. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. Bruce Gradkowski joining us on Fox Sports Saturday. Uh, the It's time in the penalty box is over. The Iowa Minute comes up next. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. But first, the latest of what's happening at Torrey Pines. Bruce uh, Ralph Irvin gives us the latest. <laughs> I almost what? said Bruce Irvin, the former Seahawks linebacker. Who? Yeah, right. right. Bruce Irvin. Just kidding. Ralph, what do you got? You sure it's not Michael? Leroy. <laughs> Maybe it's Julius Irving. Oh, that's uh, how often do you get Ralph Irving? Uh way too much. Yeah. 
Way uh, too much. Bayer. Bayer. Dan Bayer. Uh, no, but thanks. It's it's me. Don't worry. I feel your pain. I'm sure they said that you're the aspirin that cures their ills. <laughs> Very good. Very uh, good. U.S. Open third round. Uh, they are about three quarters of the way through. Russell Henley is your leader. Six under par through 12 holes as he plays the par 5 13th. Two shots back. That's where you'll find Matthew Wolf four under through 13, but he's in a little bit of trouble on the 14th hole. Mackenzie Hughes did eagle the 13th hole. He's at four under par through 14 holes. Rory McIlroy, three shots back. He's in the clubhouse after firing a four under 67, and he's tied at three under par with Bryson DeChambeau through 17 holes. Louis Oosthuizen through 13 holes. Major League Baseball finals rolling in. Pittsburgh, a 6-3 win over Cleveland. The Pirates have with a six-run seventh inning. Toronto did come all the way back. A six-run ninth inning. They beat Baltimore 10-7. Boston's won four of their last five. They took care of Kansas City 7-1. Right now, Washington, a 3-0 lead over the Mets. They are in the fourth inning. And, yeah, just one hour away as we're counting down towards game number seven of the NBA's Eastern Conference semifinals. Brooklyn hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. Tip-off at Barclays Center at 8 30 Eastern time. As we send it back now, it is Dan Beyer and Bucky Brooks. All right, Bucky. Now, I am a Bucks fan, and so the Bucks losing uh, game seven tonight would be uh, it would be bad. But I don't know if it's going to be worse than what I'm about to hear because I have never heard the Iowa Minute until right now. It's going to be the best. It's going to be okay. the best thing you ever had. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess, Sam, Iowa Sam, do what you do. Ah, yes, yes. I welcome myself back to the Iowa Minute podium. It's good to be back. I'm back, baby. Uh, I was gone last weekend because I was, yes, in Iowa and also just outside Kansas City for my cousin's wedding. Shout out to Jack Stack Barbecue, a tasty establishment. Mm -hmm. Well, Kansas City Barbecue. Oh, so good. And guys, back in Iowa, the soil smelled rich. The strawberries tasted sweet. But all good things must end. I'm back here with a hefty Iowa Minute, which, if I'm not mistaken, Dan, is your first rodeo, is it not? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm excited. Ah, ah, well, you're in for a treat because I have saved up a few stories during this uh, Iowa Minute hiatus. Uh, college football is drawing near. Are you guys bouncing in your seats? <laughs> yes. I am too. 247 Sports, they released their toughest to easiest Schedule rankings for the Big Ten. According to the outlet, Rutgers has the toughest schedule. Dan, can you guess who has the easiest schedule? Uh, Ohio State? Your Ohio State Milwaukee Buckeyes. <laughs> and they were uh, given they that. Have to, they don't have to play themselves. That's why. <laughs> I just wanted to combine Milwaukee Bucks and Buckeyes. I just thought that was kind of clever. Works. But I Go guess. Bucks. You're the pun king around here. I'll never forget that. Um, and listen, they uh, they were given uh, that ranking despite hosting Oregon and opening at PJ Flex Gophers. Um, Dan, you have any concerns about that opening game uh, in uh, Minneapolis? No, but no. I am curious about the one the week after, as yes. you mentioned. Yes. Yes. And uh, this is the Iowa Minute. Uh, we are in the Iowa Minute. Iowa's schedule ranked as the third easiest. Hawkeyes mm. do have an epic showdown in Ames in week two. But the third easiest. Cyhawk, right? The Cyhawk trophy game. Yeah, it should be probably the biggest one of all time with the uh, the ranking of the Cyclones coming in the season. Speaking of those Cyclones, 247 also did a hardest to easiest ranking for the Big 12. Iowa State with the fourth hardest schedule. And to get through that tough schedule, Iowa State will need 
All-Big 12 and All-American linebacker Mike Rose, who was recently named to the 2021 Lot Impact Trophy watch list. How about that? And and four Cyclones have landed on the Walter Camp preseason All-America team. Tight end Charlie Kohler, running back Brees Hall, the aforementioned Mike Rose, and offensive lineman Colin Newell. Colin Newell. All right. Let's keep it with college football, guys. And because beer is oftentimes brewed with various grains, this next story is brought to you by Up to the Minute Grain Prices. Iowa's athletic department has decided it will now sell beer and wine to the unwashed commoner attending games at Kinnick mm. Stadium in Iowa City. Yes, yes. Go, go well with a nice pork tenderloin sandwich. Yes, <laughs> or a uh, what the locals call a big-ass turkey leg. Um, be, uh, beer and wine sales are actually nothing new at the stadium, but you had to be in the luxury box suites to get booze. And just from those club and box suite sales alone, the stadium made well over $200,000 in 2019, the last time we had full stadiums. And now everyone can get loaded, but I can't tell if this is uh, to enhance the game day experience or recoup losses, uh, lost revenue from 2020, or both. I don't know. You could also get booze uh, when you uh, play conservatively, like Kirk, Fer- uh, Kirk Ferentz's teams did. A lot of booze. Oh, I see what yes, you did there. Get it? Oh, Double I, entendre. Oh, that's, that's why Dan's the pun king. The pun king of Chicago. Like the, like Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. All right, I was trying to make a joke there. All right, to wrap this up, this fine segment, you guys have probably noticed this has been a pretty uh, heavy uh, Hawkeye Iowa minute. Uh, Drake and Northern Iowa are members of this segment, but uh, just not a lot of news coming out of Des Moines and Cedar Falls the past few weeks. Bulldogs and Panthers keeping a low profile, though I did buy a purple UNI Panther t-shirt at a thrift store in Iowa on my recent visit. And uh, that's your Iowa minute. All right. I didn't realize that the Iowa minute was four minutes. Yep. Well, uh, Bucky, I didn't. You did not fill me into this. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. I didn't know that either. <laughs> it's uh, the way I like to say is that it, we dedicate one full minute to each school. But when there's no real news coming out of uh, each school, then uh, other teams, other schools get a little more spotlight. So. All right, Bucky is, is is UNI in Cedar Falls or Cedar Rapids? Pop quiz, hot shot. Cedar Rapids, right? Rondo. Oh, Dang. sorry. Jeez. Oh, oh, man. Dang it. <laughs> sorry, Bucky. Sorry. Oh, I, don't think I loved was, it. I don't think That's it what fair. I, by the way, I love strength of schedule because it is so true. Like, the best teams don't have to play themselves. So, like, they always have an advantage because you don't – most of the times you don't have – you. I mean – if you're one of the top teams, unless you've really loaded up on your schedule in college football, you're not going to have to worry about that. Aren't you guys pumped right? for this season? I mean, we'll get the full stadiums back. I don't know about you guys, but I am amped up for this season. You're pumped for the season. I am really pumped. I was going to be. Any- I mean, Ohio State, North Carolina, and Iowa are all, you know, there's some expectations involved. Varying a little bit, of course. You think Iowa's going to get into the playoff? No, I don't. No. Unless they expanded it to 12, which we're not, do- not doing next year. Is that next, an, it's not immediate? No. Just uh, just out there on the table, but I think it's the way to go. It actually hasn't even officially passed yet. No, no. It idea. likely it's, will, it's an idea. but but it's not even it's not even official yet that they will go to twelve. But but it, it will. It's one of those things that it will, but just not not official. They're still tweaking it and whatnot. Mm. I am super stoked for college and the NFL. I, more so than a lot of recent seasons. Like I am, 
I am really excited. I'm excited for training yeah, camp. It's one of the great things, actually, about the NBA playoffs continuing like this because it's such a shorter break from when the finals end to when football begins that we'll just kind of, you know, just have like a two-week break and then we'll end up slotting into football. It's, it's amazing. It's great. Uh, just like the Iowa Minute was my first How time was ever. that, Dan? Did you enjoy that? That was, I, that was good because it was simple. It was concise. I liked it. Liked much it. better. Much I didn't better. know if if I should chime in or not. I kind of feel yeah, like I oh, may yeah. have thrown out the the, uh, the you know the rhythm a bit. But no. I heard Bucky snoring, so I knew that he wasn't going to chime in. <laughs> Listen, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> Jonas weighs in. Just Sam. He uh, slanders it. He critiques it. Um, he throws it under the bus. That that's the Iowa Minute way. So yeah, uh, no. It was, Thank you for your participation. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And what uh, what about the uh, Cedar Rapids Colonels? Just a heads up. This was on Twitter. Oh yes, at Iowa yes. Sam ninety nine. I uh, I spent a good dollar on um, a bunch of Cedar Rapids Colonels hats. Cedar Rapids Colonels are a uh, high A minor league baseball team, a part of the Midwest League. And uh, decided I just wanted to buy some uh, some hats, some Cedar Rapids Colonels hats for some people I've worked alongside for a few years now. And so uh, I'm happy to say that you, Dan, and Bucky will be soon automatically enrolled into the Iowa Sam SoCal, spelled S-O-W, SoCal Colonels crew. I I will say this. this Hats are coming. This is not a lie. I now have a craving for some corn on the cob. There you go. Mm. That's the power of the Colonel. He's Iowa Sam. This is Fox Sports Saturday. That's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. Uh, so glad to have you along. We are under an hour away now from Game 7 between the Bucks and Nets. It should be a dandy third round of the U.S. Open uh, winding down at Torrey Pines. The leaders right now playing the 14th hole. So it should be a great, great leaderboard heading into Sunday. Coming up next, offense wins games defense wins championships but are you good enough to make bucky brooks's top five we'll talk about that next year on fox sports saturday fox sports saturday i'm dan byer he's the nfl vet bucky brooks glad to have you with us getting you set for bucks nets game seven tonight we'll get our picks at the uh the end but before we do that we're gonna do a little combo bucky you know, usually you have your countdown in, in, in your articles that you do at NFL.com, and we're going to use your latest piece that you've done for NFL.com as it centers around cornerbacks in the NFL. But we're going to put a twist on it because you and I are doing the show. So you know there's going to be some boot scootin' boogie. So let's <laughs> strike up the band. And what I want to know is, as we play a little Brooks and Dunn, you rank the top five corners in the NFL. I'm going to give you names. Some may be ranked in your rankings. Some may not. You have to tell me if they were under consideration and if they were ranked, where they ended up in your rankings. Okay? Is that fair enough? Yes, fair enough. Here we go. And Because I actually tried to guess. I saw the article and I tried to guess your top five. I got four out of the five correct. Mm. All right. Okay. First one, under consideration. Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White. Is he uh, done? Was he not considered at all? Was he in the rankings? What do you got for Tredavious White? Oh, he's a Brooks. He's definitely in the rankings. Tredavious White comes in at number five in my rankings. Ooh, interesting, which, by the way, I put Tredavious White number five in the rankings. All right. What about a guy that we don't know if he's going to play in his uh, city or, or for his team or not? Stephon Gilmore, once maybe considered the top corner in the NFL, 
Did he make your rankings or was he done in consideration? What do you got? Uh, Stephon Gilmore is done for me. <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, I know, look, I know he's a defensive player of the year in the past. However, we do it on the present, and last year it wasn't a great year. He's gotten older. Now he has an injury that he's com- coming back from. I don't know if he can continue to get it done. So he's done. Out. Uh, what, a, what about Marshawn Lattimore? He's got some issues with the Saints. Oh, I like Marshawn Lattimore a lot. But I'm done with him. I'm done with him because he still didn't play necessarily at that top five level. So he's on the outside looking in at some of his friends. All right. All right. All right. What about his uh, friend of his, uh, Jair Alexander in Green Bay? Ooh, I like Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander is pushing for the number one status in the league. So I'm putting him in. I have him in there. I got him at number three, I think. Okay, guess where I had Jair Alexander? Where, number one? Number Number three. Number three. Yeah, so I'm two for two. What about Jalen Ramsey? Oh, that's an easy one. Jalen Ramsey, because here's the thing that you should always know, Dan. You got to be a baller to wear a single digit. Jalen Ramsey (laughs) changed his number from 20 to five because he's a baller. He's number one. Number one in my program. That was the given. That actually was a given. Uh, What about Denzel Ward in Cleveland? Look, man, I like Denzel Ward. Uh, Denzel Ward is talented. I, you know, I I just don't know. I have him in, but I'm not necessarily in love with Denzel Ward. Uh, so he's kind of done for your top five, kinda for that done. matter. Kinda what about done. Marlon Humphrey in Baltimore? Oh, Marlon Humphrey has to be in. He is one of the pure players that can play inside and outside. He's in for sure. And finally, uh, one Xavier Howard of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Xavier Howard. He's having a tough one. He's he's mad at his team because they're paying to get on the other side a little more. But I'm going to put him in and I'm going to say, hey, pay the man. He deserves a raise because he is one of the top five corners in the league. If you didn't catch who Bucky had ranked, I highly recommend going to NFL.com. Check out the article. We revealed most of the answers there. Uh, what, about, what about slot corners, guy like Kenny Moore in Indianapolis? Any of those guys under consideration? I know they didn't make the list because I actually think we broke down the uh, top five. Um, unless we, Those we, guys were in consideration. However, okay. typically when we talk about top five, you need to be able to do it all. Yeah. We, we try not try to stay away from the specialists. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I it, Totally. I just figured, uh, and who else? Actually, I think that's that's who I had. Yeah, I, I got four out of your five. I hate to say it, but uh, um, I won't say the one that I left out because I don't break it down, but I, I felt pretty good about getting the four out of five. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. good. Yeah, first to four in the uh, NBA's Eastern Conference semifinals. Moves on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and tonight you we sound have a game nervous. seven. You sound nervous. I really think that the you sound the, nervous. It's it's stacked against the Bucks tonight. But how do you stacked think it plays ag- out in Brooklyn? Stacked against the Bucks. You don't have Kyrie playing. I, how is it stacked I, against the Bucks? Oh, it's the NBA we're talking oh, about. Oh my here. God, stacked against the Bucks. Oh, so it's you, the NBA. You, you don't, oh, you don't think they want the small market team to be represented in the finals? I, I just That's think that Brooklyn's going to get a lot of the advantages. Oh I'm, my God, I, I do. Come on. I feel like watch you, tonight. Oh Again, if gosh. they call Giannis on a 10 second call at the free throw line, I mean, he should shoot it quicker. He should shoot it quicker. <laughs> he sits over there. He says his lullabies like he's rocking his kid to sleep before he oh. shoots. He gets to shoot the ball. I'm not the saying ball. I'm not saying the fix is in. That's not what I'm saying. I just think there's the no way. I'm going to say lot. this. I'm going to say this, Dan Byer. There's no way. 
No way the Milwaukee Bucks lose tonight. No way. If they lose, this is the biggest disappointment that I've ever experienced. No way. <laughs> oh. Talk to you next week. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote this is malcolm gladwell from revisionist history eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.